Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust Morebeer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's show is being brought to you by Five Star Chemical Company. Visit www.5starchemicals.com for information about Five Star's full lineup of cleansers and sanitizers for use in home brewing. Or ask your local homebrew shop for Five Star products. Five Star Chemical Company. Better products, better service, better prices. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, that's a party in my ears, Doc. <laughs> is, that, is that where it is? In your ears? <laughs> it's a party in my ears. Excellent. Welcome, everybody, to the Sunday Show, being brought to you by Five Star Chemical Company. Those are those guys who make all the good stuff like Star San and PBW and all that good stuff. Five Two, yeah. everything. Yeah, it's good stuff. We're talking about them all the time, even when they don't help us out on the show. Oh, yeah. They get, they get, they get plugs all the time. It's like our favorite stuff. The oh, Star it's my go-to stuff. I don't have to think twice about it. I've used everything out there, too. and uh, That's the stuff, huh? Yep. Uh, today is the sanitation show, so it's uh, fitting that we've got them as our as our sponsor today, and we'll be talking all about how to get to good sanitation and, and what to use and how to do it. And Chris Graham from Beer, Beer, and More Beer is helping us do that, too. Howdy, everyone. Hey, you got yourselves a new website, huh, Chris? We certainly did. A little bit of complaining going on, so we revamped it. Oh, yeah? You, yep. you guys get a lot of bitching about your oh, website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just easier to move around. You can see everything on one page. It looks really cool. I, I think you guys uh, you did a good job on it's, it. It's a point and click. A lot of pictures. It's cool. I like pictures. We well, especially too. when you don't know the name of something, right? <laughs> yeah, you just look for it. <laughs> so we just have that scrolling pictures, and you just choose the one you want. Yeah. Truth is, I was the one sending all those nasty emails, and I was. I please give me a picture. Next, I'm going to be asking you for a scratch and sniff website. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other uh, request out of you guys. But it looks good. Go to morebeer.com if you guys uh, want to see what we're talking about there. It's a good website. Uh, lots of stuff happening this week, folks. Um, I got feedback up the wazoo, Doc. Good, <laughs> just, good feedback, bad uh, feedback. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a lot of emails this week, which is very cool. A lot of people interested in the show and asking different things. And yeah, But the thing with you is uh, 
we could have 90 good feedbacks and you get two bad ones. You're going to read the two bad ones. Yeah, those are the only ones I'll read, too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any ones that are, are personally bad this week, though, which is strange for me. But uh, Just bad, like, for the show in general, but not, like, directed right at me. Oh, dang, we're on a roll here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, my email was down. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. No, just make up for it next week. I appreciate that. Doc, a couple of uh, comments about you in the forum, about you doing Jamil's show Monday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good stuff. Everyone uh, liked the show, it looks like. Well, good. Yeah, it was uh, really good to do the show. Uh, thanks for Jamil and letting me do it. Yeah. It's weird to get Doc uh, completely serious and uh, no drinking going on. We tasted his beer during yeah, the show. Yeah, it was just but, a little uh, bit there. Because that's the format of the show, and it's just a different role for all of us to have to do. And oh, yeah. It's, it's weird seeing Doc in here just straightforward. Well, I, I, I thought it was weird looking across at you, and you weren't talking. <laughs> it's just weird to see me with my mouth oh, shut. Oh, I look over there like... He's not saying anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's my role. All I, I just sit there and, and encourage you guys. That's all I do. Yeah. Non-verbally, you just nod a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of nodding. Do a lot of mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, that was a fun show to do. So. And you're back again, uh, not tomorrow, but the following yeah, the Monday. the following Monday, we're going to do uh, October 5th Meritson. Okay. And that's for the Jamil Show. It's Mondays at 10 a.m. Every other Monday at 10 a.m. Yeah, good. Doc's doing the Martin Show next time. I'm a little... Uh, Tied one on last night, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm definitely a little under the weather today. You're looking good. Yeah, I'm feeling, I, I like, it, as far as, as energy-wise, I'm feeling good. I'm happy to do the show, and I feel good about it. I got a lot of energy, but internally, um, I'm dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> nothing beer can't fix. Yes, yeah, yeah. nothing. Uh, this is the first beer I've had, Doc's beer. What are we drinking of yours right uh, here? This is the Wit with the Abbey yeast. Oh, okay. So what was it, it that we had last uh, week? Wit with the Wit yeast. Okay. So uh, this one wasn't ready yet. So uh, we're going to compare and contrast here. It's pretty good. It's already helping out. Good. We got some, some more here. It'll help you even more. That's good. Because the four ibuprofen I took earlier on didn't do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just think how you'd feel if you didn't. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. The good news about this whole situation, though, and my hangover, and I want to wish this upon you all. And I'm, I did this uh, just in the chat room this morning. If you were on the Blue Show, you know what I'm talking about. But many of you weren't. And I'm going to tell you right now, I really have, from the bottom of my heart, a wish for everybody. And that is that you, too, can one day get hammered. On your girlfriend's beer. <laughs> <laughs> Made it all worthwhile. I mean, just the idea of getting drunk on the beer that your girlfriend made, it's just something else altogether. It's a great thing. And the reason that you get drunk on that beer is not just because there's alcohol in it, but because it's that good that you just you can keep drinking it and drinking it. It's a good thing. So it was a party, though, too. It was a lot of people around. It, it was a party. Daniela had a work party last night, and uh, we kegged up her beer just yesterday. What was the beer, Daniela? It was a blonde. A blonde. You're hungover, <laughs> too, huh? <laughs> I'm dying today. They polished off your keg of beer last night. They did it so quickly, too. It lasted about an hour and a half. <laughs> wow. It's good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Explain when you carbonated this. <laughs> I did the old uh, crank it up to 30 pounds shake and shake it around for five minutes technique, and then left it at 30 pounds for another four hours, and it was just right. <laughs> By 8 o'clock when we started pouring it, it was just right. I'm telling you guys, I, I wish I had some left to. to yeah, I wish serve you did to. too. We do have another keg. Yeah. I just didn't carbonate that. So next week, we'll maybe, be, I'll maybe give you can shake it here. Shake uh, it uh, at yeah, the yeah, break. Commercial, yeah. <laughs> I'm do that. It is cold, so really, all I got to do is carbonate no. it. No, we could do this. <laughs> it has to age now for two weeks. Yeah, you, Daniela wants to uh, do it right and age it and let it sit. But uh, I'm telling you. 
The beer is awesome, Daniela. It was good. Thank you. Here's what it ends up tasting like. It's 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 a Hellas, but brewed with Cal Ale yeast. So it's a, right. it's a blonde ale, right? But the recipe is a Hellas recipe. Yeah. And it tastes like a Hellas, but with the fruitiness that Cal Ale yeast will give to a beer. Cool. And right. it just it's a cool thing, and it, it tasted great. You seem to be very proud of me. I was very proud. 10.48 starting gravity, finished out at 10.08. So wow, it was excellent. it nice. was real dry and, and... Which means I got good efficiency, right? I mean, your fermentation went just how you want it to go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I speak like a real brewer now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Oz was telling me, somebody was saying about you that uh, pretty soon you're going to be giving out brew tips. <laughs> that would be just great. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would be As great. I go. <laughs> you know, I pick up some random things from you guys, so it all makes sense. It's soaking in. <laughs> and then I'm going to come with the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> the day you start giving out brew tips is the day I quit. That's awesome. <laughs> Nobody needs you on this show then anyway. Not at that point they don't. You're, you become the new host, and I'm just going to hang out in the back and drink Doc's beer every week. What's uh, your next brew going to be? I don't know. I'm uh, contemplating rebrewing this recipe, actually, because I like it so much, and I want to perf- you know, I want to make it perfect. Well, you should probably brew every day with you if you're going to drink it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was really funny because I work in a very international team and a very male-dominated team because I work for an IT company. And so there was people from like 15 different nations yesterday at our house and they, I mean, of course I made them all have one of my beers because like my friend was just talking about that I was brewing my own beer for a week and everybody, I don't know if they were just being polite, but at one point when the keg emptied out so quickly, I actually believe them that they really liked them <laughs> to drink my yeah. beer. I'm telling you, an hour and a half after they got here, it was gone, and that's uh That's a good sign, because I know that it's kind of tough on them to give me, like, really, you know, the feedback, well, your beer sucks, you're a girl, and you have big brown eyes, but your beer sucks, <laughs> that's hard, but they finished it up, and, like, my manager was here, too, and he had, like, seven glasses of my beer, which is he awesome. Did. I think I'm going to get a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> we didn't tell them we had the other keg because we were afraid that they were going to want all that. Oh, yeah. I said, no, 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 because I promised some to our listeners, and I definitely want you guys to try it, too. Yeah. Just not today. Just not, not today. today. We, Chris and I just figured out a way around that. Okay. I have a carbonator caps on the pet bottles here. Oh, yeah? So we'll put a little in there and shaky, shaky. I oh, no, carbonate right away, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. I don't allow that. Yeah, you do. We're doing that at the That's break. That's what you did yesterday. It's my beer. <laughs> yeah, and we're drinking it. <laughs> well, I'm just Justin, happy to hear that you're so proud of my me. My only hold hope... Her, hold her down. We'll yeah. steal the beer. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> my only hope is that it's the same, uh, because I did it in... Uh, Daniela did it in two carboys, right? Right. So... It's possible that one carboy could have been contaminated and not the other. So I'm just really hoping that they both fermented the same and, and uh, everything else was the same. So the only thing I, that I'm thinking could be different is is if one got contaminated. So I'm really hoping that this one is as good as that one. Otherwise, we're positive. saying all this stuff. But I'd rather day. have those guys try it in two weeks because the two weeks, try it again extra two weeks, we'll we're going to do it. Two weeks. You got to do this. You got to have the green taste. She's just afraid the, uh, we're gonna not like it. <laughs> yeah, which well, is also no, why I got balls in that matter now, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, the old proverbial balls. No, it was really neat to see Justin crying over <laughs> me because he was so proud. <laughs> was running uh, around. Brought a tear to his eye. Oh yeah. Well, it was you did a good job, and now I just Thank figured out you. the reason you want to brew the same recipe is that you're afraid to screw up a batch. Now you're thinking that you're going to brew a different beer, and it's not going to be good, and then you're not going to feel good about yourself anymore. You know, it doesn't matter at this point because I think I've 
proven already that I'm better a brewer, better of a brewer than you are. Nice. And it was my only objective, anyways. I'm only surprised that it took you that long to make that statement. <laughs> <laughs> it only took me two batches, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> two batches to brew better beer than me. A blonde's one of the toughest beers, too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because of a, of the light flavors, really, and, uh, it's pretty much everything will show up on there. So. Maybe you know, maybe I'm supposed to be a brewer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe you are. All right, uh, you guys want to get to some some good stuff that we got sent in from the listeners? Oh, I thought you were just gonna oh. read the bad stuff. Hey! Oh my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. <laughs> we'll do both. Read both of them. Let's see. First one comes in. Oh, this one's good. Guys, remember last week uh, we were talking about how to keep the foam down on your wort, uh, on your on your boil, mm-hmm. and whether or not you spray water so it on it. Doesn't boil over. Yeah, and I had said that uh, you know the blowing on it technique is dangerous because you might pass out and fall into your kettle. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone was listening to the show and sent me their story about a very similar thing that happened to them. It says I just heard your comment on the Sunday show about blowing on the wort and getting lightheaded, and I have a crazy experience with this. One night, I was brewing and drinking very heavily. The brewing was getting well into the night, which is something I try to avoid due to the drinking. Well, my fiancé and I finally got the beer cooled, and at this time, I was using a sanitized racking cane and blowing into the beer to aerate. Which, by the way, I think everyone in the studio (laughs) (laughs) during the sanitation show is going to say, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Just uh, right off the bat. Why don't you just lick the inside of the carboy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not pour it out in the carpet and then put it back in? When we blow out, oxygen doesn't go out of us either. It's absorbed in. There's some, but it's mostly CO2. So so it's carbonating at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually carbonating it. Well, let's see. At this point, I was extremely drunk. Probably something like a point two. (laughs) And was blowing like hell. I didn't realize that I was getting lightheaded also. Probably exacerbated by the fact that I was also enjoying regular doses of cousin. (laughs) All of a sudden, I went back and fell over the carboy and stubbed my lip on the racking cane. (laughs) My fiancé was cleaning the brew pot at this time and came rushing over and was very concerned until I told her what happened. Then we both started rolling around laughing at the whole thing. The beer was fine by some miracle, and in the end, I had a fucked up lip, a good laugh, and... Uh, and I quit using the mouth aeration technique. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, you all might enjoy that one, but he wants to remain anonymous. And he goes on just to say, love the shows. Only thing that keeps him sane at work. Uh, once he gets through the archive, he's going to have to go back to listening to Air America Radio, which ends up depressing him about the current state of crumbling democracy. <laughs> so, Doc, we uh, keep him going at work. That's a cool thing. Uh, that's always amazed me that uh, so many people are listening to us on company time. I would do it. If I, if I had a regular job, I, I wouldn't be doing anything but listening to beer stuff, too. Well, yeah, I was reading the forum. So many people, you know, have this blocked. Uh, they try to listen to it. And oh, yeah, they can't. Blocked. Oh, that's a great idea. I should do that. Yeah, <laughs> and more beer. John actually plays it in the showroom. Did you know that, Graham? What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It pisses me off. It takes all our <laughs> bandwidth away. JP's got it on. Don's got it on. Everyone's listening to it. And we're trying to work, and we're like, where's the internet connection? <laughs> well, speaking of Johnny Five O, I had an email about him. Should I save it? till he, uh, he's, he's not in the studio with us this week. This was about his, uh, his 50-gallon system. Saw the pictures in the gallery. If you go to the gallery, I put up a bunch of new pictures a week ago or so. No. Uh, yeah. And his 50-gallon system's on it. It's not his. It's a yeah. friend of his. 
Uh, but it is a pretty amazing system, and he just wrote, I'll save that for John, give it to him. He just wrote in saying how great the, the system was, and it made him start drooling, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's a lot of beer. Yeah. John pretty much claims ownership of that anyway. He does pretty much, doesn't he? Like, my 50-gallon system. <laughs> well, he also, you know, it's like, it only gets used when he uses it. Oh, the other guy, he doesn't brew. I don't know, but the way John puts it. Ah. <laughs> All right, uh, here's a question for you, Doc. Um, Graham, you feel free to chime in as well. It says, hey, Brewcasters, I had a question regarding lagering. I'm getting ready to bottle a Czech Pilsner, and I've been lagering it for, I've been lagering it between 33 and 36 degrees for four weeks. I'm still new to home brewing, so I'm still learning the to-dos and the to-don'ts. My question is this. After I take the carboy out of the chest freezer, should it be brought back up to room temperature before I prime and bottle? Or should I take it out, say, a day or two before I bottle? I know that the beer has to be room temperature for the corn sugar to carbonate it. But does it matter as I'm bottling it? It's a, That's going to be a tough one because that much time at that temperature, you're going to have flocculated all your yeast out of suspension. Right. Or most of it. Yeah. I, I'd say at that point I'd rack it off, reintroduce yeast, bottle it, but let it sit at least in the fermentation range um, to carbonate it. Okay. A, a tip for the future for them is... Uh, most of us go up and uh, do a rest up around 165, or 165, wrong, wrong one, yeah. 65 degrees, sorry, <laughs> for the yeast to reabsorb diacetyl. Um, well, you, when it's still, still fermenting. Yeah, well, the very tail end of yeah, fermentation. Yeah, when it gets down to you know, 10, 20. But we teach people who oh, are going to okay. lager and bottle to bottle at that point. Oh, okay. Because that way they can carbonate roughly the same temperature range, get it over with, get it done as fast as possible, two weeks or so. Then they can, in the bottle, stick it in the bottom layer of the fridge or whatever and let it just age out. Okay. Good advice. Uh, he says he's got another unrelated question. Um, he accidentally added one ounce of Czech sauce pellets to the secondary instead of the half ounce that was called for in the recipe. Oh, he's he wants screwed. to know, is he screwed? That was his question. Am I screwed or is there such a thing as a hoppy Czech pills? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, the pills can can absolutely be a hoppy style. It's not hoppy like an IPA. It's a different kind of hop. But uh, uh, Pilsner or Kell, out of the keg? Right. It's a I'm, hoppy I'm thinking... He needs to send the keg in here for evaluation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all, it's all yeah. bad. Send it in. Yeah, you're right. I think the only thing that's going to fix it is if you send it over here. <laughs> You'll be fine, dude. He says, thanks for the great info. Keep up the great work and watch out for propane links. Yeah. leaks. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's get back to saving him. He's lagered it cold. Everything's dropped out. He's still got a bottle. So he's going to need to put uh, bring it back up, put some priming sugar in in with it. Also, reintroduce another vial of yeast. Exactly. I'd rack it off, actually, yeah. at R- that point. Rack it off of what he has into the bucket or whatever he's going to do. Uh, reintroduce some yeast into it. And I would go go with the lager yeast. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, he can get it to 48 or 50, and it'll it'll uh, carbon at that point, but it's going to take a long time. Okay. So... I would I would do that. Okay. He can he can go up farther if he wants. It'll carbonate a little bit faster, but don't be surprised if it takes weeks to yeah, carbonate. Weeks if not a month or two. Gotcha. At those temperatures. Yeah. The other thing is that at this point the yeast doesn't matter. I mean fermentation. There's not, there's not that much there, so yeah, he could get away with using a dry yeast or an ale yeast at, at this point as well. Okay. It just depends on which direction. He wants to go easier, just use the ale yeast and room temperature. Okay. That much yeast isn't going to eat that much sugar and throw off that many flavors. Exactly. All you want to do is just enough to carbonate it. So the easy thing to do is just use a clean ale yeast, uh, room temperature, 
mm-hmm. and let let the bottle sit. Then I'd throw it back into the the freezer for another few weeks. Okay. I'm shocked you can play the banjo and talk this well. I know. You're doing a good job, Doc. Thanks. You're, uh, you're a talented guy. It helps having four arms. Hey, <laughs> Chris plays banjo, too. Do you? No, I don't. I pluck. <laughs> <laughs> I do a little In- Insert F where P is. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right. And the last bit of mail I got is another anonymous Jamil. He's back this week. Cool. Folks. Uh Interesting thing is that the more letters we get it from Anonymous Jamil, the, the angrier he gets. Like, this one is borderline not even funny anymore. It's just, it's <laughs> it's just, just real angry. I I don't know what it is I did to Anonymous Jamil, but uh, he is angry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go on. Uh, Justin, you no-talent hack. The only reason <laughs> I'm interrupting my trip to Europe to write this email is because Daniela said she missed me. Don't think for a second I'm writing this email to bail out your sorry ass and your inability to come up with anything entertaining, especially after you butchered my last email. Don't change the punchline to the jokes. If you could really write something funny, do you think the Friday Dick Meat Show would be as dry and boring as it is? Uh, okay. <laughs> and what is up with you and Gay P showing each other your bellies and talking about your schwinkters? That show is gayer than two queens fighting over a sale at the big woman's house of leather. Right. I'm just going to insert here. That's why I change your punchlines. <laughs> and speaking of the Friday show, that is obviously why Dan Gordon couldn't make it in on Sunday. He heard that crap and the sound of Morgan's sweaty nuts rubbing the vinyl chair, and he got as sick as the rest of us. Do us all a favor and hit the mute button before starting the next Friday show. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I was shocked at the Jamil show this week. What the hell happened? I thought that banjo-picking, white lightning-drinking dentist would be completely stoned and would screw it up in some funny way. Instead, for once in his life, he's sober and was boring as crap. <laughs> Do you know why Dr. Scott became a dentist? He looked around at all his three teeth miss uh, all his three teeth missing cousins and figured he'd be the first hillbilly to own a Hummer. <laughs> I think you might be right about that, Doc. <laughs> Daniela is awesome. Justin, you suck. Lovingly, Pope Jamil. <laughs> So, uh, so I still love those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know why, Doc. I figured this out. I know what's happening here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last little bit of thing I got to do here is an announcement. Um, well, I'm sorry that I didn't read through the whole thing beforehand. I just know it's an important announcement. But it's about um, first round of the AHA, uh, the first round of nationals. AHA needs judges for those first round competitions. Uh, you know anything about these, Doc? you got to send yours to some of these, right? Yeah. Let's see. The first round of the AHA National Homebrew Competition will be here before you know it, and we need you to make it to the high-quality competition that we all enjoy. This year, for your convenience, judging will take place over three weeks in three locations, and that's just for our region. Uh, Concord, California, Lodi, California, and Sparks, Nevada for the West region. Uh, feel free to judge at any location or, if you wish, more than one location. If you're interested in judging or stewarding for any of these dates or items, please go to www.brewingcompetition.com slash 2006NHC1 slash judge underscore reg dot html. And I will give this to Daniela so that she can type it in the chat room also. That's a nice easy one. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice easy one. Yeah, they couldn't make it like uh, beercompetitionjudge.com. <laughs> www, we need you. Yeah. Just beer competition slash please help. 
Something like that. Uh, Daniela, could you please put that website? Uh, it's in the middle of the page there. In the chat room. If you're not in the chat room, go there now, and you can join all the fun with the other listeners and ask us questions if you want to, or sit there and make fun of other people and do nothing. It's uh, it's all up to you, but it's a lot of fun in the chat room, so please feel free to join us over there. Chat it up. Chat it up, exactly. Uh, did I mention that Charlie Talley from Five Star is coming on the air with us today? To me or to them? <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> you mentioned it to me. I'm not sure you <laughs> mentioned it to them. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Charlie Talley, who is the founder and a chemist uh, at Five Star Chemicals, guy who makes Star Sand and PBW and 5.2 and all those things, he's going to call us up at 6 o'clock. So we're going to get a good interview with him. I talked to him earlier today. He's an interesting dude. He's, he's really got a lot to say. And he's cool because he's a chemist, and you get that out of him. You know that he's a chemist because he's, he's serious about the chemistry part. Yeah. But he's also a lot of fun. He's got kooky stories about how things came about over there at Five Star, and uh, he's just kind of a wacky guy, too. So he's going to be real fun, and he's got some good stories for Where's us. Where's he based from? Colorado. Okay. Um, yeah. Is the whole company in Colorado, Chris? Do you yeah, know? it's right outside of uh, Denver. Okay. Greater Denver. Area. Okay. That's right. Yeah, he, he was telling me they're just about to get a big snowstorm tonight, too. And they've gotten something like 120 inches of snow this year. Well, hopefully he's drinking a little, too. Yeah, to keep himself warm, right? <laughs> Do you know him, Chris? I've met him uh, twice now. You have? Okay. Interesting guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. So 6 o'clock, we got him coming on. Uh, we don't have a tasting this week for just that reason, because uh, we're going to have a full discussion about this sanitation deal, and there just was no time to do a I tasting this week. I thought we'd just taste some star sand. Yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> what are we tasting? Star sand. Are you in the sh- Are you in the studio today? <laughs> I don't know. This is happening Still in my a keg, on the bottom of my keg, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's the chat room going for you today? It's going fine. What are we tasting? Nothing. Nothing? Oh. I just I just explained that oh, we're not tasting. Uh, sorry, I didn't. Today. I don't know. I'm in the habit of not listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good habit to be in. We just have too much to get to, and Charlie's supposed to call just before six o'clock. So we'll take a break right about then, and and when we come back, um, we'll we'll just get right into char- talking to Charlie about uh, what's going on with Star Sand and Five Star Chemicals and all that business. Uh, we're gonna get to our sanitation discussion here just right after the break. Doc, you're all ready for a, a whole, uh, you got a whole list of sanitation topics for yeah, us, Yeah, huh? we do. We can cover lots of things. Chris Graham also has an article about how to keep your work from ever touching air, and that's up on morebeer.com under the tutorials button. Click that, and we're going to talk to Chris about it anyway right here on the show, and then you can go click it and check it out yourself and uh, get all the lowdown. All right. You're tuned to the Brewing Network, and we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to start our sanitation discussion with Dr. Scott and Chris Graham from Beer, Beer, and More Beer. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Every brewer knows that the key to making great beer is proper sanitation. And Five Star Chemical Company has everything you need to clean and sanitize your brewing equipment. With choices like Star Sand, Five Star's leading professional-grade soaking sanitizer that's non-rinsing and non-staining. Or SantaClean, a low-foaming acid anionic final rinse. Or if you prefer to use Iodophore, Five Star offers Iostar, a low-foaming Iodophore for sanitizing. Of course, since you can't sanitize what isn't clean, Five Star offers PBW Brewery Cleaner, 
a non-hazardous alkaline brewery cleaner that's a proven caustic substitute in over 400 breweries. For more information, visit www.5starchemicals.com or ask your local homebrew shop for five-star cleansers and sanitizers. Five-star chemicals. Better products, better service, better prices. And now back to the Brewcaster. Brewcaster on the Brewing Network. All right, I'm starting to feel a little better, Doc. Oh, good. Yeah, thanks for the help. Now it's better to look good than to feel good. <laughs> That's right. So you got Daniela's beer there carbonating, huh? What? It's ready to go. Is it cold? Yeah. Yep. It is I cold. I cannot believe you guys poured yourself some of my beer. Yeah. I told you you were overruled. <laughs> Circumvented. Is it because I don't have balls? Yeah. No, it's because you're all the way over there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't reach me. There you go. <laughs> I flip you off. One more you're time. In your, you're, in your, you're locked in your safety booth. <laughs> I'm so happy that you built that for me. <laughs> I feel much better now. Protected. Today's show is being brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. I'd like to thank them quite a bit. The makers of Star San and PBW and Santa Clean and all the good stuff. Thanks a lot for helping us out and sponsoring the show. And thanks for making good stuff, too, because we all use it. And on that note, why don't we start talking about sanitation, Doc? Do we need to sanitize? (laughs) All right. What is uh, sanitation for, anyway? Well, sanitation is to keep the nasty things out of your beer. But uh, people have been brewing for thousands of years, way before they even knew what germs and bugs and wild yeast and stuff are. I'm glad you're bringing this up, Doc. Because? Because people well, people ask the question, you know, hey, what's so important? People have been brewing forever. You think they, they sanitized everything back then? Why do we need to do it now? No, uh, what they did was they realized that by doing it over and over, what worked and what didn't. What, why, you know, a lot of times they would brew mostly in the wintertime instead of the summertime because they knew that they would get better beers that way. Uh, they also knew what worked, what didn't over time, and those just became ritual. Always do it this way. They didn't know why. They just knew if they didn't do it, they'd make bad beer. Gotcha. So it just kind of became that's the way it was. And, you know, until the 1860s when Louis Pasteur kind of figured out what germs were and what things spoil. Yeah. Uh, that's what it came to. You know that Anheuser-Busch, um, one of the Bush sons, the guy who uh, really built the foundation of Anheuser-Busch, was the first guy to use Pasteur's process in America? Pasteurizing? Yeah. Yeah, he was the first guy to do before it was ever, like now you have to pasteurize, right? But back then he was the guy who kind of realized, hey, this is going to allow me to mass market my beer all over the country. If I pasteurize it, I can put it on a train and ship it to the West Coast, and it's still going to be drinkable. Yeah, up until, you know, that point, pretty much that's why each town had its own brewery. They couldn't ship it very far. Right. It just didn't work. It wasn't going to last that long. Yeah, yeah, and there's also two more points to that. One is, uh, because we get the question all the time, like, why is it so important? Uh, Because, you know, been brewing for thousands of years, but who knows what that beer tastes like, first off. Yeah. And uh, second off, they didn't have much choice. They didn't have sanitizer or not sanitizer. Right. So, uh, So, yeah, they didn't know what was going on, so they just figured out what made good beer and what didn't. And it just became ritual to them what worked and what didn't yeah. so uh basically when you're making wort you're making a nice f- feeding ground for whatever yeah and you just want to keep it to just your brewing yeast and if anything else gets introduced in there they like it too and they're the ones that are throwing off the flavors that you'd rather have in your yeast throwing off i got a good story to attest to that doc about <laughs> what a factory of growth that wort is 
my last batch that I did, it was you know 2 a.m. by the time I I transferred it into the carboys and whatnot. And so you're aerating with your mouth. And I aerate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did uh, just kind of a half-ass cleaning job on my stuff. I just wanted to kind of rinse it and then go to bed, right? Well, what I didn't bother to do was do anything with my kettle. So I left that bottom two inches of wort in my yeah. kettle, and I didn't dump it out. I didn't do anything. And that was two weeks ago. So yesterday I go over to my kettle, and <laughs> I pull off the lid, and it, it looks like a furry little koala bear grow, grew yeah. up in the bottom of my kettle. It was absolutely disgusting, the amount of things that will grow oh, yeah. in that wort. I bet it still is disgusting. <laughs> no, I dumped it and oh, okay. I cleaned it. Yeah, I figured you just looked at it and just <laughs> went, "Huh?" But running, <laughs> I did do that the day before actually, but then yesterday I decided to go. Yeah, um, I've left the mash tun for a while. I just, you know, it was hot that day. I couldn't get get it dumped, and yeah, things came up, and three, four, five days go by. Boy, that mash tun isn't nice. Oh, it smells like a dead rat. Yeah, and it, it happens quick. It does. You know, it's really especially quick. when it's warm like that. Yeah, yeah, and it. It, that mash tun will hold temperature for quite a while. Yeah. It's nasty. <laughs> so be very aware that you are creating a factory of, uh, of uh, right. uh, you know, to, for bacteria. Yeah. So, so uh, let's get down to, and that's, uh, now we know why, let's get down to kind of what things are. Let's define some terms. Uh, clean, sanitary, and sterile. Okay. Okay. Uh, basically, you got to have things clean or you're not going to get them sanitized. Okay. You're not going to be able to get whatever your agent in there to clean that surface to get it as clean as you'd like. On the other end of it, sterile, you're not going to get that either. Pretty much not going to happen. Yeah. Sterile is something that we don't need in brewing. Okay. Uh, We need it pretty clean, uh, but we don't need it sterile. Sterile means devoid of all life. That means spores and everything, and you pretty much need an autoclave or high heat. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. So what about the guys using the pressure cooker? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 gonna be that's sterile. That is sterile, right? If they do it long enough at a, a certain pressure, they're gonna get the sterile. If you're gonna be doing a lot of yeast culturing, mm-hmm. you want sterile. Okay. You know, you're making auger plates and slants and things. You want sterile. What about the guys who make their wives and kids wear masks and rubber gloves while they're doing <laughs> the beer thing? We call them Jamil. <laughs> in the, uh, in the, in the clean room. Yeah, if you have to go in the clean room, they're sterile too, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, there's Just definitely sterile. the white coats and everything. The guy who's mouth aerating his wort. Not sterile. Not sterile. Not really even clean. <laughs> yeah. Not even clean. Yeah. Even if you are drunk, and even if you've been swishing vodka around in your mouth. Right. You That doesn't work either. <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of stories. I've never heard of oxygenating you via that? the lungs. Really? Yeah. I actually have I've heard, heard, I've heard that I've before. I've heard of starting a siphon by, by pushing in. With your mouth. Push, sure. Push it, blowing in this way, and it starts to siphon out of the top. Yeah, that's how I do it. But I do it through a HEPA filter. Yeah. Okay. But I do do that. I blow in to, to get it out. As long as you're doing it through a HEPA filter, that's but you, fine. But I can't see blowing there for 15 minutes trying to aerate it. Yeah. <laughs> or just passing out God. from being so... Like, Damn it, I wish I had a picture of that or a movie <laughs> of that hit, happening. Hit the bong, blow in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's dry right. hopping. It's just what I was going to say. It's a new way to dry hop. Yeah. Take a rip and <laughs> just blow it through your racking cane Dude, into the fermenter. this was cousin hop. <laughs> cousin hop. <laughs> yeah. Three cousin hop. It even smells like a bomb. Or it uh, sounds like one. Yeah. <laughs> that might work. Uh, okay. So, so go on, please. So Matt. anyway, so <laughs> you got to get it clean to get it sanitized. You're probably not going to need sterile, even though everybody ca- calls it that. You're not going to need that. Uh, basically, you just want to get things down to a manageable level. You're not going to get it totally devoid of bacteria and wild yeast, but... 
you're going to introduce such a large culture of yeast, it's going to take over the neighborhood. You're going to be fine with that. And that's why it's important to uh, pitch very soon after you get your work right. down to temperature, pitch a proper amount of yeast. All these reasons are, have a lot to do with beating out the bacteria. Beating out the bacteria. Mm-hmm. Get them in there. Whoever takes over the neighborhood is who wins. So if you leave your wort overnight... You're going to have some bacteria in there, period, yeah. and it's, it's or wild yeast. It's going to grow up to a point where it's going to be competing with your yeast that you right. put in there. So you want to get it cooled down as fast as you can and pitched as fast as you can. Right. Big pitch means that uh, your lag time's down. Yeah. And it goes all the, all the way that way. Now, I know what you're saying, guy at home who does the leave my word overnight to get it down to temperature and pitch the next day. I know what you're saying. Your beer turns out fine every time, and that's your process, and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's fine. And, hey, more power to you. You're, you're probably right. It's going to come out okay, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's an okay thing to do. But look it. One of these days, it just might catch up to you because the fact is the wort has bacteria in it. So you're just decreasing your chances of infection if you just if you do it quick. Well, that that gets you down to the two kinds of brewers: the diligent brewers, the experienced ones that do know about sanitizing and do it, and the other ones are the the lucky brewers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of these times it's going to catch up to you, and it's all subjective. It you is, know, too. people tell you, oh, my beer is great every time. And, and I thought sure. my beer was great when I first brewed my first batch. I look back at that now, I'm like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> yeah, did I drink that? <laughs> or the people that are telling you, it's, it's hey, it's great beer, aren't maybe the, the beer judges telling you either. Exactly. And I think a lot of things we talk about is like the good to great. What makes a good beer great? Right. Uh, to one point, too, you can have an infection in there. And it does. It makes it knocks it down to a good or an okay beer. It doesn't have to be a horrible beer. Uh, it doesn't have to be totally infected where it's sour and nasty. It can just be dry. It's kind of like that wit we had earlier. Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> it, can, it can just be dry. It can be just kind of lackluster in taste, and you probably won't have a great beer out of it. So you kind of need to get in there and, and first thing I always tell people that's what you want to be is sanitary. Clean everything. Clean everything afterwards. Right, Justin? That's right. Yeah, clean everything right Clean everything right afterward. Don't leave it sitting around for two weeks. The one thing is... Like me and Lufa. You can't over-sanitize. I mean, there really is no such thing as over-sanitizing. Nope. No, you can't. And uh, to one point, too, you can't keep your brewing equipment around forever, either. You know, change out that scratched bucket. Change out those old vinyl tubes that you've had for three years. Uh... It's just a good brewing process to do that. Yeah, you even I do that. I change out my hoses all the time because if they get, you know, they got uh, furry stuff. They on. got furry <laughs> stuff. Well, I use a, I do the blow off tube deal, right? And if that blow off tube uh, is full of gunk, um, I might clean it out once, and if it comes out okay, I'll use it again. But for the most part, if it gets too gunky, I toss it. It's a little piece of tube anyway, and I just steal it from B three when I go in there <laughs> when no one's looking. So it's no big deal to just grab a new tube. Oh, you know about the camera, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that means Daniela can't steal anymore. Your bottle no, opener I grab chains. stuff there all the time. <laughs> the There's a camera? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not, they don't use it for that, though. Uh, you do. I'm, I'm glad you actually mentioned that, though, about the buckets and whatnot, Doc, because uh, you know they will harbor bacteria if they've well, got big gashes in they them. Get, after a while, you can only clean them so far. They get scratches in them, yeah. and you can't get those as clean as you might think. Yeah, okay. That's why many of the more advanced brewers do change over to stainless. Okay. Uh, or they or they use uh, glass. Glass carboys. Mm-hmm. That is the big argument for glass carboys, as dangerous as people uh, you know say they can be, um, and, and, and they can be. 
uh, you know, the big argument is obviously that they're they, they're not that uh, porous material. They're not plastic. The, they're not porous. Uh, they're easier to clean. Yeah. yeah. For those of well, you using buckets, try not to use green scrubby pads, stainless pads, anything like that, or you're just creating right. a haven for Use it. the soft side of the sponge to get them as clean as you can. Okay. Which uh, should move us on to, you know, things to clean with. Okay. Uh, you can use a lot of things to clean with. One of the best cleaners out there that's the cheapest that everybody starts with is chlorine. Okay. People think of it only as a sanitizer, but it actually is a very good cleaner. Problem is, uh, if you don't get it all off of there, you're going to have some of that chlorine taste in your beer. Gotcha. Also reaction with yeast. It does. It, it'll react mm. with yeast to one point. Uh, it can trash some of your metal pots, especially... Uh, you're stainless. Okay. So you got to be careful with that, but it's cheap. Uh, the thing is, you got to rinse it with some. Some people say you can just let it drip dry and it's okay. Mm. I, I never trusted that. Yeah. If it, you can smell it, it's still there. Well, and think about it. That's why you treat your water. That's why you filter your water or you go and buy mm-hmm. bottled water to brew with because uh, sometimes out of your tap, you can smell that chlorine. Right. So, you know, why clean with something <laughs> you're trying to avoid in the water, too? And then you got to deal with, you know, what are you going to rinse it with? Sure. Uh, I've heard everything from you know, boiling your water to really hot water, which eh, I don't know about the really hot water, uh, to using Budweiser. <laughs> is that really cheap, cheap beer? Yeah, rinse really? it with cheap beer. Rinse it with cheap I've beer. never heard that. Yes. Rinse w- it with why cheap. is that? Well, it's sterile because it's pasteurized. Yeah, yeah. it's sterile. And Vod- and vodka would work too. Yep. Gotcha. Interesting. Budweiser. You got to find a cheap one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just do it with butter. Whatever you can buy the case of for five bucks. <laughs> That'll work. You guys remember the store in Southern California, Doc? You know, Stater Brothers. Oh yeah. They used to, you could go there and buy a box of beer that just, it was a brown box and it just said beer. beer. Yeah. <laughs> it was a plain brown box and it said beer. And it was like two ninety nine a 12 pack or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to buy Schaefer by the case. Oh, it's man. Like six, eight bucks a case. God, I remember the hangovers off a of bad beer like that. Oh, sure. It's no good. But <laughs> what about, now we're talking, we, we moved on to agents, but. What about what are you supposed to clean? Which part, you know, which part of your right. equipment do you have to good, clean? Good question. Anything has to be sanitized that's going to touch cooled wort. So okay. After the boil, anything that's going to touch that, your spoons, your funnels, uh, your fermenting vessels, all your tubing, tubing all your tubing, your, your airlocks, anything that's going to be able to touch that, okay. you need to have it sanitized. Anything before that just has to be clean. Okay. Basically, because you're boiling. Boil. Any, anything anything post boil that's going to get anywhere near your wort right. should mm-hmm. be sanitized. But pre-boil, it doesn't matter because you're going to boil it all off? Pretty much. That's why you're boiling is to sanitize things. Okay. So as long as it's clean yeah. and you're not going to introduce nasties into the into the wort at that point, like your, you know, the, the crud on your immersion chiller, things like that. Okay. It, so you do want it'll that. It'll come out real clean. <laughs> Where did it go? It went right in the beer. And so your mash tun, too, then, you're obviously not sterilizing it then, but you, you want to clean the gunk off of there? I clean that. I clean the chunks out of the tubes and, you know, boil, you know, the the, the valves, things like that. Yeah, and every once in a while, it can't hurt to, to do, like, if you have a full brewing system of any sort, homemade or pre-bought, run some uh, hot water and PBW. Um, just, you're not necessarily sanitizing pbw isn't a sanitizer but you want to break down some of the organics that are growing in there okay they can build up in, in layers too and they're harder to get out that way uh, elbow grease is a real good way to clean things but but okay elbow grease is great but if you're in a stainless kettle of any sort whether it be a keg or a kettle 
don't sit there with a green scrubby pad or a stainless pad and just sit there and go to town on it. Okay. You're ruining the metallic finish that's on right. there. Ah, okay. And so try your best to, to do, if it's really nasty and caked on, hot water, PBW, and let, let that start chemically eating at it before you wipe it down. It'll come off easier, less work, and uh, less damage to your product. Right. So if you've got okay. things in the bottom that you, you know, burn your wort onto the bottom or burn the extract onto the bottom, uh, actually spray on oven cleaner works pretty well. Oh, yeah? Because yes. you, you don't, you don't, you're not scrubbing it. And you, it's basically it's a caustic solution. So it is a caustic, though. Yes. Yeah. Because PBW is non-caustic. No, it's not. Okay. But it, some of that stuff, you don't, as Chris was saying, you don't want to keep scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. You'll take off the oxide layer, which is the protective layer on it. Okay. And eventually it just kind of makes it less and less uh, metal there and or opening it up to scratches and things. Okay. How about this? Mrs. Henning, one of our uh, new listeners uh, to the show, and her husband also listens, Mr. Henning. She's brewing her first batch and wants to know what kind of sanitation, uh, I guess sanitizer, should she use? And any further good advice? I'm going to say Starsan right now. Starsan is an awesome, uh, just a really good sanitizer that doesn't stain your equipment like iota for. That's why it's it's easy to use. You don't have to worry about rinsing it. You don't have to worry about uh, it staining your tubes and anything like that. It doesn't give any off flavors. You don't have to worry so much about the concentration of it either. Okay. Iota for you need it at a certain concentration. If it's less, you're going to have less sanitizing. Okay. If it's more, you're just wasting it. Okay. Uh, and it's just easier to use, especially for a beginner. Okay. Uh, one thing about Star Sand is that it is foaming, and we're going to talk to Charlie Talley about this right. too, because I have some questions about that. Um, I, I've heard that it doesn't matter with that foam; it's not going to do anything to your beer. So just go on about your business. But they do make another product called Santa Clean, which is non-foaming, and we'll talk to Charlie right. about that too for use as a sanitizer. He's got an interesting story about it. It's cool because. Uh, he kind of said to me, look, it is a sanitizer, but I'm not allowed to say it's a sanitizer right. yeah, because t- the EPA, the gov, has not has not allowed him to do it. Or he's got to, like, pay extra for it or something. So it's interesting, and he was yeah, very happy to talk about it. So when we get him on the air, we'll mention that, too. So hang in there for more tips about uh, what you should be using and, and how to use well, it. Well, it's easy like to that. use. It only takes 30 seconds of contact time. So you don't have to worry. You can almost dip something in it. Mm-hmm. Comes if it's clean to go in, dip it in. It's sanitized in thirty seconds. And is the that fo- right? And the foam is just as good as having it in the liquid. Oh, okay. So that's a good thing too, because the like with the, the fact that the foam sticks around is almost a good thing, right? You well, know, because you got your carboy maybe open for a few minutes before you get beer in there. Well, the, one of the ideas is if you're flipping your carboy over, you're sucking ambient air in. Ah, uh, yeah. And hence the whole article is really that I wrote is about avoiding ambient air because that can carry wild yeast, bacteria, whatever, gas, and uh, you, <laughs> propane <laughs> gas. Um, so as air is being drawn into the carboy, as the liquid's coming out, you yeah. have this layer of protection, these bubbles that are basically stripping anything out of the air. Okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, you, you got to think about that, too. Uh, some people say they don't like the the foam because you, they say they can see it on the top of their beer. It gives you that oil slick it look. It makes, makes them afraid. It makes them very afraid of yes. the oil slick. But it's a good thing in the, in the sense of sanitization because 
it sticks around. I always tell people, if you're afraid of the foam, don't pour out of it. Pour it out. Just siphon it out, and then you right. never have the foam. That's right, and I do that too. That's a good point. I'll, I'll actually put my bucket up on the counter, my carboy on the floor, and I'll use my racking cane and tube, and I'll and I'll drain it from the spout in the bottom of my bucket all the way. The tube's actually resting at the bottom of the carboy, so I get I'll I'll get no foam. You do get a little by pouring it out. Just well, not only you're doing that, you're also like sanitizing your racking cane right. that you're about to use and you're going the reverse flow which is even better as well absolutely right because uh, i'll do it with my kegs too so then i need my racking cane anyway i also need to sanitize my kegs so again i'll just attach my racking cane and tube to the bottom of my bottling bucket drain it into the kegs i've now sanitized my racking cane it's ready to go i got unfoamy sanitizer in my keg everybody's happy right can I ask a question? Sure. No. Will the star sand foam that you get there kill the head retention or influence the head retention? I want to talk to Charlie about that mm -hmm. because that is the rumor. And, I, in fact, I believe that Jamil has said it. And, and his he had a very common sense approach to it where he said, look, you can see it on the top of your beer, right? You see that little rainbow oil slick. Are you telling me that that doesn't affect anything? And he makes a good point. It's an interesting point. But I want to talk to Charlie about it. You guys have anything to say about that before or want to wait for Charlie? No, I want to hear from Charlie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the guy who made the stuff. He actually, he was telling me, this guy's cool. I really can't wait to talk to him. I think he made it in like 68. Oh, this really? stuff's been around since like wow. 1968. And, what was he trying to and do? And he's the guy who made it. I don't know. We'll talk to him. But he did say to me it was kind of an accident how they even ended up with this stuff. Interesting. Mm. St you wouldn't think that a chemist is like a, one of our most interesting guests. That's but great. I really think this guy's going to be cool because he's got good stories about how Star Sand was an accident. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best product we found for brewing and it was an accident. Um, PBW was uh, I'll I'll let him tell yeah, the story. Don't disclose wait, too much yet. He's got good. It's got, he's coming on in about but five minutes. But this is a anyway. very good question with the head retention because I thought I used Starsen as well in my batch, and I have a pretty nice head retention. You do. You absolutely do. So do you want to try that beer real quick before we take a break? You think it's ready? Were well, you guys already drinking it? Oh, you, guys, <laughs> you didn't say anything about it. No, I didn't see that they were drinking it already. What do you think of Daniela's uh, uh, batch there? It's nice and clean. Yeah, no yeah. major issues. Is there, is there any left? I did you know. do uh, late extract to this? No. Yes, you did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, thought, you, I thought you mentioned last time that you did. You did a 45-minute. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. So not completely late. You just put, didn't put it in for the whole hour. Yeah, no. Yeah, I did it for 45 minutes. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the, exactly, that was the experiment, too. I uh -huh. totally forgot about that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. No, it's good now. I just like to taste it when it gets a little age on it. Yeah. So you think it'll make it? <laughs> I don't know. I really like it, so I don't know if it's going to make it or not. It's dry, right? It's dry, but yet it's got a nice malty character to it. Yeah. Let me have a taste I'll, of that I'll, one, I'll, see if it's the same as the other one. It's got almost a honey character to it. Exactly. Now, do you think that the, where do you think that came from? Is you think that's the, a Cal Ale thing, the, a honey flavor, or that's just in the malt? No, it's in the malt. In the malt, malt. okay. Because I solely only use German stuff. For this brew, I really only went for the German stuff, but the Nazi. California yeast. California ale yeah, is pretty German, actually. This is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you dumbo. But this is what I couldn't do because I cannot use a lager yeast here with our setup. So well, I've seen the temp control you have over here. <laughs> That's just yeah, the dog's <laughs> licking the carboy. <laughs> <laughs> this one's different. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. In what way? That honey flavor that Doc mentioned. Wasn't in the other keg. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And they fermented side by side, right? Yep. They did. Faster, slower, one start first, anything. They like started that. at the same time. I don't know about that. I do know that. Did yeah. you take final yeah. gravity on both? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. Not I knew you didn't. 
<laughs> what a bummer. Still do it. It's not carbonated yet. We can take the final gravity of this That's one. That's a bummer, no. Anyway. No, 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 no. Just well, It's not a bad thing. Although it could be that I'm drinking it out of the wit glass. Let me see. Also, we, we haven't got quite as much carbonation in it as we could have. What do you think? Tastes the same as the other one? Yeah, it tastes the same to me. Oh, that, okay. So it could be that I... Could be that I'm stupid. <laughs> no, you're hungover. That's, that's a given, but <laughs> yeah. No, I think the carbonation will change it quite a bit because we just shook it as much as we could, but to carbonate real fast. Yeah. So I can tell you guys are not excited about it. Fair. No, I wouldn't go there. I, I like it. I like I'm it. Not I'll drink more. it out. I, I, I prefer I'm Justin talking about my beer. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, what would you change about it? Got, uh, a, got any things age. about that? Yeah, just just the age. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, it, you just just carbonate. Right right now, mm. but uh, no, it's like I said. I, I want to taste it in two weeks. Mm. Yeah, me too. And instead I think of that's going to do a lot to it. Oh, yeah. I, I'd tell them both to get the hell out if I were you, Daniel. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was crap, I'd tell you it was crap. I know you would because you've 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 played tricks on me. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> and I appreciate your honesty. No, it's it's a very good effort. Thank you. So I I'd like to try when it's got a little more age on it. But I, I got Good my luck. doubts it's even going to make it there. <laughs> it will make it. Be, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take care that it's going to make it. Well, the good news is that my beer is ready to keg now too. Yeah. So we, I will have other beer okay. to drink, so we can age this one. Oh, so you'll be drinking your beer tomorrow. Or? Correct. Ah. <laughs> Maybe I even mean, later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's still pretty cloudy. Yeah. yeah. And so that adds a lot of lot of different flavor yeah. to it. And well, once that drops out, it'll be. But you do nicer. not detect any off flavors. No, no. Which mm-hmm. is pretty cool because, you know, remember we had some weirdness going on with brewing this batch. <laughs> you know, like with... <laughs> I mean Aside from the fact that we are the ones brewing it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the hot bags and everything. I'm actually going to um, go so far as to say I've never had a big infection problem in all of my <laughs> brewing. Um, then the antibiotics don't take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Aside from that uh, stinging sensation when I urinate, <laughs> yes. I've never had any big infection problems. That's what came uh, to my mind. No, what I mean is, um, uh, of all, uh, one thing that I feel that I am uh, pretty good about and definitely serious about is sanitation. And I'm kind of um, obsessive-compulsive anyway, so it works. If you're obsessive-compulsive, you can really be a good brewer because sanitation yep. is something that you should be obsessive about. And I am. I really kind of go overboard in some ways about really cleaning things up. So um, Brew with Chris sometime. You'll see what that's all about. <laughs> is that Charlie on the horn there, Daniela? That is Charlie on the horn. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get Charlie Talley on the phone with us from Five Star Chemical Company, and he's going to talk to us about Starsan and PBW and the history of their company because it's a pretty cool thing he's got going on there, and they've been around for a while. So you're tuned to the Brewing Network. We'll be right back with Charlie Talley from Five Star Chemical Company. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Every brewer knows that the key to making great beer is proper sanitation. And Five Star Chemical Company has everything you need to clean and sanitize your brewing equipment. With choices like StarSan, Five Star's leading professional-grade soaking sanitizer that's non-rinsing and non-staining. Or SantaClean, a low-foaming acid anionic final rinse. Or if you prefer to use Iodophore, Five Star offers IOStar, a low-foaming Iodophore for sanitizing. Of course, since you can't sanitize what isn't clean, Five Star offers PBW Brewery Cleaner 
a non-hazardous alkaline brewery cleaner that's a proven caustic substitute in over 400 breweries. For more information, visit www.5starchemicals.com or ask your local homebrew shop for five-star cleansers and sanitizers. Five-star chemicals. Better products, better service, better prices. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Welcome back to the Brewing Network. It is the Sanitation Show, and on the line with us today, we have Charlie Talley from Five Star Chemical Company, and let me see if I can get Charlie on with us right here. Charlie, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I am. How are you today? I'm doing just grand. Good, good. Let me just get make sure I get all your volume right so everybody can hear what you have to say. Did you get say. the snow you were hoping for? Well, we're sitting here waiting for it. <laughs> right now, it's uh, it's liquid. It's rain. But, oh, uh, that's no good. We're supposed to get about a foot, foot and a half tonight. All right. And is that, a, is that a good thing for you, or does that make you miserable? Uh, that's a good thing. You know, you always need the moisture around here. Being in the high desert, yeah, but then you, mon- know, you hold a party every time you see the clouds come in. And Monday morning <laughs> comes, and you got to go to work in it, too. Yeah, that's no good then. It's just a little slipping and a sliding. <laughs> <laughs> no problem there. Well, I want to thank you for being on with us today, Charlie. I'm pretty excited about it because I, I like your stuff, and i uh, got a lot of good questions for you already. Oh, you're quite welcome. How long you guys been around Five Star Chemicals? Uh, Five Star's been in, uh, we were founded in 1980. Okay. There was five of us originally from a, an old uh, East Coast chemical company called Penwalt. Okay. It started it. We originally uh, we originally had our offices in Salt Lake City. Okay. So that's why you call it Five Star. There's five of you. There was five of us. We were, you know, we never really got any awards for being original. <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I was just going to tell you how clever you all are. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> well, we've already been talking a little bit about sanitation uh, in our show, and and just kind of leading up to right now, what kind of chemicals people should be using to sanitize things. And uh, one thing that that we all use in the studio here is Star San. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about that, and then also I want to talk about Santa Clean uh, a little bit later. Sure. Okay. So Starsan uh, was your alternative to Iodophor, is that right? Yeah. Um, I originally developed it. Uh, oh, in, in 1972, um, Iodophors were were oh they were invented or developed roughly uh, uh, five years before that. Uh, about eighty, about sixty-eight. Okay. And essentially, what it was was is it was a breakthrough because iodine uh, looks like coal, and it's not water soluble. Okay. Uh, but West Agro figured out a way of tricking it and putting it in liquid. I see. And it became a, a real breakthrough over iodine or over chlorine or bleach. Okay. Uh, because it was much more uh, efficacious against uh, a lot of the bacteria. Uh, breweries weren't really considered at the time. It was more or less for uh, the dairy industry. Yeah, I was going to say, what was it originally invented for or you know, developed it, for? Well, it became like uh, iodophore is more or less settled in the dairy industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, and it, it's more or less the primary sanitizer for that industry. Gotcha. Um, and what we tried to do at Penn Walt was is, uh, come up with an alternative for it. And uh, our lab... We uh, we had about 35 uh, tamed organisms in the back room that we would uh, test sanitizers against. 
That's a cool job, I just want to say right now. <laughs> yes. You just got a bunch of things that you infect stuff with. No. Yeah, you just have little things back there. You know? <laughs> I like that. No <laughs> organisms were harmed during this process. <laughs> yeah. And if they were, we just, re- we just regrew them. <laughs> right, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were allowed. It was, it was back before the, the bacteria rights people. Yeah, and it was, kind of a, it was kind of a hit or miss. It's one of those products that, that we uh, developed, uh, quite frankly, by mistake. Really? Yeah, we had um, we always use DDBSA, do, uh, which is the chemical name is dodecobenzene sulfonic acid. That's what um, I thought. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say right now, Doctor Scott's the only one in here who's going to understand half of what you say today, Charlie. But it, it's a typical soap. It's it's a it's a basic soap. Okay. Uh, and we were using it as as a detergent, and it got acidified with phosphoric acid, and all of a sudden I was getting all sorts of. Uh, weird results on my uh, with my bacteria. They weren't growing in my test tubes and things like that. Gotcha. And so uh, we started doing a little bit of investigation. We found out that if we had the right proportions of phosphoric acid in this DDBSA, lo and behold, we had all sorts of kill. Okay. And that was the uh, that was the beginnings of star sand, so to speak. Okay. So you just accidentally ended up with some phosphoric acid in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a, uh, chemistry labs sometimes have a tendency of cross-contaminating things. Yeah, that's how we got, like, Ebola, right? Yeah. That was one of Justin's brews once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he thought that was in there and this was in there, and he kind of mixed the two. I Called could, it Ebola IPA. I could see a bunch yeah. of homebrewers trying to save money right now. Yeah, <laughs> I got this. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah. Maybe we should make that disclaimer, Charlie. Do not try this at home. No, no, it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave it to you guys in the lab. Yeah, <laughs> leave it to the professionals. There you go. All right, so you guys stumbled upon uh, star sand. You just developed it off of those that research, then. Yeah, we did, and we we found it was pretty cool because uh, it it didn't have like iodine and chlorine have hal- what they call halogens, which are uh, uh, I refer to them as blind sanitizers. Okay. Uh, in other words, anybody that's used bleach, they know they get it on their clothes, and all of a sudden things are white. Yeah. Whether they want it to be or not. <laughs> right. And iodine gets on things, and it all of a sudden it stains things, and it's that stain whether it wants to be or not. Uh, and it does basically the same thing to the bacteria. It 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 burns through the uh, the organism. Okay. Uh, but if there's organic material, it'll burn through the organic material as well. Gotcha. And so, so, we thought, so, well, it works as a cleaner too. Yeah. It, and in other words, um, even in cleaners, if you get uh, any kind of detergent close to them, you completely neutralize them. Oh, okay. Um, and the uh, when we took star sand, or we started mixing it around, and you hear all these things about, well, it kills in blood serum. Well, all blood serum is is just sugar. Okay. Sugar solution. So we. We made some, and by the way, iodine and chlorine will not kill in, in the presence of sugar. It'll go after the sugar before it goes after the bacteria. Is that right? Really? Yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting to a brewer then, isn't it? Because <laughs> how a <how> sugar-concentrated <laughs> word is. It's a, it's a huge... Oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember Whoops. reading that on the label, Charlie. <laughs> Very strange. Well, we, we tested it, and we... we but we looked at it in the presence of beer and orange juice and Pepsi and Coke. 
Am okay. I allowed to say those words? Anything, Absolutely. Anything you had around the lab. I'll charge any, them yeah, later. Any, any kind of fluid, and we were getting the same kind of kills. Okay. So it, it was independent of uh, organic matter or filth, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and we found that the only trip is is that when the pH goes above three and a half, it stops working. Okay. So for a brewer or for like in anybody in the food industry, it's it's really neat in that uh, sometimes you don't really get a uh, a great job uh, cleaning, especially like say in a corny where you can't really get up in the top and and scrub out like the valves and the ports and things like that. Right. Absolutely. Um, this will, uh, with the foaming action and everything, can get up in there. And even if, if there is a little bit of beer stone or uh, residual beer, it'll still do the sanitation job. Now, that's a really interesting point because, you know, we, we mention all the time about how you can't sanitize what isn't clean. And I know you're not saying, now take a dirty keg and sanitize it. But what you are saying is if there are maybe some particles of matter in there, right. it, it's still going to penetrate that and sanitize it? It'll mow right through it. Wow. I had no idea. I would have thought that uh, that you're just screwed if you leave junk in there. Oh, don't give Justin any well, ideas. Well, I, I, you know, it's one of those things you're not recommended, you know. You know yeah. <laughs> Charlie, I'm never cleaning anything again. <laughs> I'm just going to wash everything in star sand. Yeah, five minutes before. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's an interesting point. It's good to know that if you, I guess, basically, it's good to know that if you do miss a little something, right. chances are you're still going to sanitize it. So, well, yeah, and that, and that's what a lot of the uh, the guys in the brew pubs use, and that's the reason why they use it because uh, they'll make up solutions to put it in like little uh, spray bottles. Okay. And when they go around to the sample ports and they're going to take samples of whatever they're doing, yeah, they can spray down the sample port because you the oro is going to have residual beer left in the sample port. Yeah. And every time you open it up, you'll get a little bit of back pressure or back, uh, backwash. Gotcha. So it stops it stops any kind of sanitation that or or infection that way. Yeah, that's what I use. I uh, had keep a spray bottle of it in there and I spray. You know, the, the sample port. What I always wonder is how long will it stay good in the closed spray bottle? Probably forever. As long as it's closed and isn't open to the air? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Charlie, you and I have had this discussion before. You, you were mentioning to me last time that ideally someone like Scott doing that in the spray bottle would use uh, distilled water or RO water or something like that. Yeah, well, sometimes what will happen with star sand is, is that um, because all waters aren't created equal, uh, star sand will react because it has the, like I said, the DDPSA is a soap. Right. It will react to certain minerals, like say iron, excessive iron in the water, or excessive manganese in the water, and it'll create a uh, a white a white opalescent solution. And essentially, what you're doing is is you're creating an iron soap, which doesn't. It still is effective in the short term, but over a long period of time, it'll start to plate out. You don't want to brew with that kind of water anyway. Right. So at least it may, maybe it's a good detector of bad water for you to be brewing with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it, uh, I've, it, I've run into it occasionally across the U.S., especially like uh, places where they're not really proud of their water, like Iowa and uh, Nebraska and things like that. Mm -hmm. I refer to it as J.C. water. You can almost walk on it. <laughs> That's, I do have a question from a listener that, hard that has to do with the hard water because he says uh, he says my water is hard enough that star sand is instantly cloudy. 
when he yep. puts it in there. He says he usually then, mixes it with RO water because of that. But that's is, right. Okay, because he wants to know would it would it be okay if he kept using the hard water? It, it's okay. Uh, the only thing is that sometimes you'll with the real super hard water you might even have uh, excessive alkali, and then you you run into that creeping of the pH of the three and a half, like what I was saying before. And then it's not as effective. And then it's not as effective. And a lot of times, what I tell people to do is is that if if they want to use that kind of water, that's fine. Uh, like I said, it, it kills with the in the presence of any kind of organic material. So, adding a little bit of white vinegar to the water, for example, to lower that or to mm. knock out some of that alkali right. or some of the uh, the excessive uh, carbonates that are in there. Okay, it's so perfectly okay. Bring the pH down yeah. to a level. Well, one good thing you were mentioning about uh, it's it's not effective above a pH three and a half. Well, you don't want it to kill your yeast. So when it goes up to brewing, you're fine. You're fine because it just it stops it from actually being active because you don't want it active at that point. Right. Matter of fact, I was uh, I was just at a, a home brew club in Topeka, and uh, three of the guys uh, just sanitize their cornies. They leave a lot of foam and stuff like that in the corny and uh, ferment right in the corny keg. Right. Uh, right over the star sand, and they've never had a problem. Gotcha. Oh, that brings me to the story about Justin. <laughs> yeah, you want to hear a good star sand uh, story I got for you, Charlie? Go ahead. And uh, then you can tell him <laughs> what, what you would have done. <laughs> yeah, it is. We, In fact, uh, we've never gotten a definitive, a definitive answer to this story, so uh, it's the perfect time for you to be here. <laughs> Here's what I do. I always sanitize my carboys with star sand uh, just before I dump my wort into them. And I fill them about half full with star sand. So uh, two and a half gallons I put in there, maybe three gallons. And then I swish it around and dump it out and put my wort in. Well, this particular time I was brewing, it was late and I was probably drunk. And I dumped my wort into the carboy, but failed to remember to dump out the star sand first. <laughs> so I, I poured in about three gallons of concentrated wort on top of about three gallons of concentrated star sand. I dumped out the batch uh, after kicking myself in the head for a few minutes. Uh, would I have been able to ferment out that batch? You probably would have. Really? Yeah. So it, prob- it probably would have fermented. <laughs> so star sand you think wouldn't have killed all the yeast I was about to dump in there? No, it wouldn't have Matter of fact, uh, the, the the phosphoric acid probably would have been a great food. It would, it would have really kicked them off nice. Oh, no kidding. I, I could have been the, the best brew you ever yeah, made. I could have had the fermentation of my life. <laughs> Damn it. It's all in the backyard now. Uh, I would have, I was going to, it has since become known. It, it we, this, this story gets thrown around the Brewing Network all the time. It's now called Justin's Star Sand Beer. Ed. I, I hope you don't uh, go after me for copyright violation, <laughs> but I actually uh, came very close to brewing a batch of star sand for you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's something different. I'll tell you, it would have been a lot cooler if I had just if I threw the yeast in and fermented it out. Okay, now this brings me to this question for you then, Charlie. Rumor has it that you can drink a glass of star sand. I have. Uh, have you really? We're talking oh, about us, though, not you. <laughs> like normal people. Well, yeah. When I, when I tell people that you know, uh, it's a it's a different sanitizer than most. I mean, if you made up uh, a twenty five part per million solution of iodine, uh, you'd be lucky if you even got it in your mouth. Yeah. Right. Uh, and 
pour like a, a 50 or 100 part per million of bleach, uh, just the alkali in it enough would would uh, it would feel like you ate 5,000 chili peppers. Yeah, it's, puck- it's puckering. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but with the star sand, uh, you get a little bit of a, t- uh, a twing, I guess is the best way to put it. It's like a, drinking a concentrated Coke. Okay. Yeah, that... Yeah, it's kind of an acidic twang. Yeah, yeah. a little acidic twang to it. And uh, see, what a good beer, Justin. Yeah, yeah. good beer, Justin. It would have been like a Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> a little goose here and there. Never hurt anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to start just having uh, Star San and vodka from now on. It's my new <laughs> beverage of choice. I think. <laughs> Maybe a little Red Bull and in Star San Spritzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I got a couple good questions from listeners for you about the Star San. Okay. And this one is a good one because I wonder this myself. Um, and I notice it happens if I leave my star sand in a bucket uh, overnight. Okay. The, why does star sand make the plastic and, and my vinyl tubing, Slime. why does it make it slimy? Slimy. Well, what's happening is, is that the soap itself, Yeah. Okay. the DDBSA, okay. will see the affinity uh, of the charge of the plastic and it will start to pull towards it. Okay. Uh, it's a mixture. It's not... Um, the soap, the DDBSA, is is free to do whatever it wants to do in an acid solution. It's not really bound. It's very so, nice you get, of you. so you get a concentration of the detergent soap on on the plastic. Right, right. It would, yeah. The, the 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 soap itself is actually plating itself out onto the plastic. So it's, it's uh-huh. not like it's not like softening the vinyl or the plastic then. No. Which is, no. I've heard people worried about that. Yeah, because it'll leave, like, my tubing, I'll, I'll do my blow-off tube into a jar of star sand, right, so that it's in a sanitizer there. And sure. and it will actually, my, my, my hoses are permanently st- are, are permanently stained cloudy. From yeah, it'll, look, it'll do that. Okay. Can you get that back you, off again? If you, took, if you look at your hose, yeah. uh, and you had a very powerful microscope, it would look like you were holding a whole... Uh, uh, a handful of bar straws. Funny thing is, I usually need a powerful microscope <laughs> so when look I'm looking it. at my host. <laughs> but go on, please. Well, <laughs> you don't know about this side of the brewing network. And, and what happens is the, D, the DDBSA wicks up through these holes, and that's where you get your cloud. Okay. It's actually uh, it's actually starting to plug the holes a little bit. It's, oh. it's stopping the permeability of the plastic. Gotcha. Can you get that back off again? Uh, uh, acidic you, solution. Yeah, you probably could if you uh, soaked it, like say, in PBW or something like right. that, and turn that P- and turn the DDBSA into uh, uh, the regular the regular detergent that it's supposed to be, which is the same kind of detergent that's in toothpaste. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Another listener question: What's the necessary contact time for Starsan? EPA tells me that I have to tell everybody three minutes. Okay. Okay. What if they're not listening? Well, if they're not listening, and I was in the lab and I was doing my normal my normal work that I was doing before. Yeah. Uh, I got a seven log kill in thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. That's what Doc was saying yeah. earlier. Is thirty seconds is what he likes to do. Yeah. No. I um, when I when I ran all the initial uh, experiments, and when I said seven log, that kind of rolls off of people's. Uh, that means that I had like 37 million colonies per cc. Okay. Like, say, of lactobacillus, for example. Yeah. And in 30 seconds, I was down to one. Wow. That's a heck of a kill that's rate. A, that's a kill ratio. It's a target-rich environment. What yeah. about that one? 
That's like the that's a weapon of mass destruction, yes. I think. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you and you can drink this stuff. Charlie is uh, harboring WMDs. He's <laughs> <laughs> killing. Them. Yeah. Okay, I don't know how much you know about the brew process, but this question is will star sand foam? We were talking before we got you on the phone here that the the foaming part uh, a lot of times when I when I transfer my wort into the carboy Sure. There's a lot of leftover foam, and sure. I just dump it right on top of that. Sure. So the question is, will the foam affect my beer's head retention? Because you will see a little rainbow on the top of the wort. Basically, yeah. With you the will s- get a rainbow on the top of the wort. The the head retention uh, it doesn't have a um, it doesn't have a flattening effect on on the head retention at all okay. that I have ever seen. Gotcha. So the soap's not really a surfactant. Well, it is a surfactant, and it will it will lower the surface tension, but you've got an infinite dilution there. Yeah. And you don't really get a whole lot of uh, transfer into the into the into the final product. Right. Plus, sure, I'm thinking sure. it might be safe to say that by the time it's done fermenting, I think what Charlie's saying here, it's it, it's going to be so diluted into solution. Like right then, you're seeing it all on top because it's all sitting on top. Right. But it's gonna it's gonna dilute into the solution, right? It, it, it'll mix it'll mix completely into the solution, okay. and through your fermentation process, the star sand the the entire product of star sand is going to act as food. Oh, okay, really? Sure. That's because of the 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 phosphates you're saying? Yeah, the, the phosphates will and the DDBSA will start to break down. So I should make extra foam. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, actually, that's really interesting that it could work as a food for the yeast. Well, that's what happens, like, say, when, when a lot, I get a lot of com- or questions from home brewers about, well, I got a septic tank, and I'm going to, can I throw my star sand down the toilet or whatever? Yeah. And I said, go ahead. Your bugs will love it. Really? Go, well, it, 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 but it's a, it's a killer. And I said, yeah, well, you put five gallons in a thousand-gallon cesspool. Right. The cesspool's never going to see it, right. and the pH will rise, and your uh, the bacteria that's in the cesspool itself is going to just it's just going to eat it up. Yeah, let's face it; that's a lot of poo for five gallons of star sand. <laughs> that right? is, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it, it does a good job, but not that good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I like my product, but let's <laughs> let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah. So next time I'm brewing in my septic tank, I'll remember that. Right. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because uh, a lot of times on the program, and, and particularly me, because I'm a I'm a I'm a bleeding heart hippie, and so is Doc. Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty interested in the environmental effects of a lot of things, and and one of the things I really like about home brewing is being able to use all natural products. Um, so I am, you know, curious about whether your product is hazardous in in a way to to the environment. And I know you're saying you can dump it right down the drain. So, yeah, you can, and okay. it it really, I mean, if you if you talk about the concentrate, and you have a fifty five gallon drum, it might teach some fish to do the backstroke. <laughs> okay. Uh, but when you make a con- when you make a diluted product like the one ounce and five gallons, I've had home brewers actually pour it on their roses. All right. And they swear that they don't have any uh, powdery mildew on the rose, there's no aphids on the rose, and that the roses are, are bigger and better than ever before. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, recycle that star uh, yeah. sand. I'm starting yeah. to think that star sand is like the Barry Bonds of uh, <laughs> brewing. You know what I'm start, saying? We're going to start seeing that at Home Depot now. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna just going to start shooting this stuff up as of tonight. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a, 
<laughs> I've got a big feeling too here is that all we've heard so far has been muted by the government. <laughs> that yeah. You, that they can't let you tell us these cool things. Yeah. Well, well, that is that that is the problem. <laughs> the EPA does. There, there they are, are pretty strict with you. you. You're not allowed to. Uh, Put on the label, and you're not allowed to uh, put in literature, as they say. Okay. See, that's interesting too. You know, the EPA is just a, a funny, funny thing. A lot like the FCC. You know, that they it's kind of oh, some yeah. some random things that they get to choose uh, get said and don't get said. Um, it, it, it's very true. Which, which I think, I, as I was talking to you earlier today in our pre-interview, um, I think this is a good time to maybe move on to Santa Clean. Sure. Because we were talking about Santa Clean, you and I, uh, about whether or not it's actually a sanitizer. And it, the wording on your website, because I had to do some research about your products there, it's interesting that you, you don't really say it's not a sanitizer on the website. Yeah, we dance around the barn. You do, <laughs> because uh, you, with, with StarSan, you say it outright. And right. with Santa Clean, it's a little vague. So maybe you could not only uh, clear it up, but tell us why you have to be vague. Sure. Well, they... With StarSan, because StarSan, when, when we developed it in, uh, in 72, EPA was young. Okay. And basically, we could run down to Washington, D.C. And, and say, oh, hey, I got this really cool new sanitizer. Look at it. And here's my results in the lab, and it, and it killed these guys. And they go, okay, good. There's your stamp. You're fine. Gotcha. But and, you're, the, and, you're, and, you're, and life is good. That's the Nixon administration for you. <laughs> right. Easy going. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then when, uh, after a while, an EPA started to get a little bit more uh, stringent, weirder, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter. It, it required uh, <laughs> two or three independent labs to, to uh, duplicate your research. Okay. And then after you got the two or three different labs, then, it, then, it, then you got into, uh, oh, uh, $4,500 where they had to uh, give you a new a new stamp every year, and you have to redo that, and then you have to do. Um, nice. It, it got it got very uh, it got very heavy quickly as far as the uh, the monetary amount. Yeah, what a racket, huh? Yeah. yeah Forty five hundred dollars per year for a new stamp. Not that you changed it any, right? Yeah. you got to sell a lot. Now, of is that products. also on a per-state basis, then? Well, each state each state regulates it differently. Okay. Uh, for example, like, say, California. Uh, the California EPA is $1,500 a year registration. Okay. But then the state of Missouri is free. Right. Uh, Although we're allowed to give out weed. <laughs> the EPA on that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it varies by state by state, and so what we do is is that we regulate it uh, based on, on the mass distributors and stuff like that. Okay. And like with you know, like in California, for example, anything that goes to California has to go through the California state EPA. Okay. You know, it's, it's just the requirement. Okay. Say. Well, fair enough. And then with... So what we can do is is that there isn't a law that says that you have to use a sanitizer. But if right. you're brewing, you know you, you should use a sanitizer. Absolutely. And so I can I can use the product and say it's an acid rinse because that's what it is, just like Star Sand's an acid rinse. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's not my fault if it kills something. <laughs> okay. And is, is then is it safe for me to say uh, that an acid rinse is, is a... It, sanitizer. It's sanitized. That's why you would yeah. acid rinse something, right? That's right. Why else would you acid rinse something? 
Just to clean it. <laughs> just because you like to. Just because you yeah. Okay. You need to, whatever. Because I have You heard once that an acid rinse is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's why well, I do it. Oh, I actually make a couple other ones that are a little bit more nastier that are based on nitric acid that I, I uh, that we that we put in the uh, brew pubs. Oh, okay. And what they'll do with those is is that they'll pack their uh, heat exchanger with them. Right. And so that once the uh, just before they're ready to uh, transfer and cool down the wort to go into fermentation, mm-hmm. they'll they'll drop this nitric acid product, flush it quickly with some potable water. Okay. And then run the run the wart through. Gotcha. And that keeps that keeps the stainless in a passive state. It it there's no bacteria that grows in there, and the heat exchanger is the main source of infection. Yeah. And so it it works real well that way for okay. the commercial guys. And and that's not you don't find that in your local homebrew shop then. No. Okay. No. That 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 could dissolve things. Okay, gotcha. That. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> it could dissolve things. But if we met you outside your shop in the back you know, at, at night, you could probably get a little. I'll, I'll slip you a gallon. There you go. <laughs> okay, well, let's do this because here's the deal with Santa Clean and, and why brewers like it. It's it's the ones who are afraid of that foam that we were talking about. Sure. Because it's a non-foaming, uh, I won't say sanitizer. Right. <laughs> but it's it is non-foaming. Uh, so... What's the difference in 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 Star San and Santa Clean? The actual chemistry? Well, in a in let's, layman's let's, terms. Let's, let's start there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, chemistry, yes, but like well, I'm a dummy. They're, they're both based on phosphoric acid. Okay. They're both based on the pH of three and a half. Uh, and what you have to find is is the Star San, the soap that we were talking about, is a high foamer, and then you have to find a soap that will live in the acid that's a low foamer. Okay. And the soap that we use in, in Santa Clean is called sulfonated oleic acid. Um, they're both, uh, I don't want to get too weird here, but uh, basically <laughs> you, take, you, you take two fats yeah. and you, you add sulfuric acid to them in a certain, at a certain ratio in a certain way. And one fat will be low foaming and one fat will be high foaming. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. That's how you make soap. That's how you make soap. <laughs> uh, Charlie, on the uh, Star Sand versus Sandy Clean, what's the ratios of you know one ounce of Star Sand per five gallons? Is Sandy Clean two ounces? No, Sandy Clean is one ounce and three gallons. Oh, okay. Instead of one ounce and five. One ounce and three. No, and no. The, the, reason, the stars- reason being is is that the soap that I use in the Sandy Clean uh, can't take the higher phosphoric acid level, so I have to drop the phosphoric acid level. So you need more. Yes, that's why you need a little bit more. And a contact time? Contact time on Santa Clean is the same. It's about three, 30 seconds. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I like to uh, use the Santa Clean when I'm actually, pu- I push it through my filter. Oh, yeah. Because I don't like the star Santa foams too much when I'm pushing it through the filter. Sure. Well, anytime that you're doing anything with a pump and stuff like that, Santa Clean is the way to go uh, because it doesn't foam. Gotcha. Uh, it's also a darker solution. Is there any worry about staining any vinyl tubing? No, like no, not really. And the darker, actually, I, I found a new a new source uh, of um, DDBSA, which is a cold, cold what they call cold sulfonation. So I've lightened up the uh, the star sand tremendously uh, in color. Um, 
from what was previously out there. What was previously out there was fairly on the dark side. It almost looks like motor oil sometimes. The mm-hmm. Santa Clean? Or it's both, the Santa Clean yeah. and the Star Santa. Yeah, the okay. Santa Clean's pretty dark. Yeah, and I'm looking to try to get a different sulfonation on the oleic acid now so that I can lighten that up a little bit. Okay. Uh, you guys do offer, uh, while we're talking about other products too, you do have an IOTA 4 product as well, though. Right. You've got the IOSTAR. Right. And is that just, it's just your basic IOTA 4, if that's what yeah, people choose low, to use? Yeah, it's a low-foam iodine. It's a 1.6% iodine. Uh, and one ounce and uh, five gallons gives 12 parts per million. Okay. All right. Why don't we talk then about, uh, since we're doing all the products here, uh, I got a bunch of questions about proper cleaners to use before we're sanitizing. And a product uh, that I'll be honest, I've just begun using in my last couple of batches is your PBW, okay. which is a non-caustic cleaner. Right. And maybe we should start by, maybe you could help me understand the difference between a caustic and a non-caustic. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a long one? <laughs> no, it's kind of interesting, but it, okay. it's, it's not a long one. Cool. Um, uh, well, caustic is, it has always been the traditional uh, cleanser, I guess, the, the best way to put it in the, in, for cleaning any kind of food equipment. Okay. Uh, and the reason being is, is as soon as it sees anything that resembles unorganic material, it burns the living hell out of it. Uh, if it sees fat, it turns it into soap instantly. If it sees protein, it peptizes it and turns it into a, a, a very malleable goo. Okay. Thing. Uh, and it's extremely dangerous. That's one of the reasons why there was such a need for, like, the PBW, because once caustic gets on your skin, it sees the fat in your skin. It turns that to soap. And to make the soap uh, faster, it rips the uh, the water right out of your cells. That's what gives you the burn. All right. And if you left caustic on your hand long enough, it would cauterize and keep on going down to the bone. Is that right? And it would, it'll, put a, it'll put a half-inch hole in your calf real quick. Yeah. And How it, do you know that? <laughs> you want, well, you don't. You, can you can you see it from the uh, on the radio right now or yeah. whatever? I, I thought it was a personal experience, probably. But <laughs> yeah, it's, I have a few of them. Now, are you talking about in regular concentration that could happen, or 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 a really concentrated bit of caustic? Oh no, in regular. Well, in regular concentrations, it takes a little bit of time. Okay. But uh, I've been I've worked in a lot of plants. Uh, doing different kinds of cleanups and things like that, and uh, I've had it jump out of uh, adding adding a caustic cleaner, for example, to a, a CIP solution, a clean and place solution. Okay. Uh, and the operator wasn't aware of the temperature. Oops. And if you add caustic to uh, water that's over 120 degrees, the caustic will jump out of the solution and come on you. Oh wow! And yeah. that's where you get your burns. So basically, it's drain cleaner. It's, it is drain Yeah, it's, it's a lie. It's drain yeah, it is. It's nasty stuff. But it's very, very, very nasty. But for doing what you want it to do is like to burn through any organic matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, no, that, it, that's, that's the reason why everybody's used it. Okay. And to get to a non-caustic, what you do is is that you actually start with its, its cousin, which is soda ash. <laughs> okay. Uh, soda ash is sodium carbonate. It's a mined material. It's dirt, really. Um. And you can concentrate this dirt uh, chemically and add sand to it in a furnace. Yeah. And once you add sand to it, you you create a product called metasilicate. Okay. 
I'm with you. Strangely and enough. What we, call, what we call it is a soluble sand. It actually dissolves, and you have this sand in solution, and the sand is a buffer. Okay. And this sand, as soon as it sees, like, say, your skin and things like that, it says, whoa, wait a minute, alkali, you can't go in here and make the fat out of your skin. Right. you got to wait some time, which gives... Uh, people uh time to a wash real it. long window as right. far as uh safety goes gotcha and you see it every day uh in automatic dishwashing detergent oh all right it's the it's the basis for that okay um so uh, being what caustic is then and that pbw is not right you want to tell us the story about uh, how and why you came up with pbw oh yeah, well, sure. Well, being here in beautiful downtown Denver, yeah, uh, we have this brewery up the street, Coors. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard of it. <laughs> Tell us a little about it. <laughs> and in their process of filtration, they have a, they have uh, equipment uh, from Germany called uh, Enzingers. Okay. And these are large uh, copper plate or brass plates that they stuff with cotton. And they uh, have long racks of them. There's about 50 of these plates in a rack. Mm-hmm. And they force the beer through, and the cotton actually filters out any microorganisms and polishes the beer. Interesting. Uh, I wonder if you're giving away their secrets right now. Well, most people don't see them in the tours, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's that's an, I've never heard of uh, filtering that way, but okay, yeah, go on. It's, it's, it's their, it, that's, that's one of their little... Uh, uh, that's when they say, well, we don't really pasteurize our beer. They really don't. Oh. Um, it, it's it's all filtered that way. Cold filter. Huh, okay. And so through this, uh, they were always cleaning these brass plates with caustic. And in this in this cleaning process that they were doing, uh, all of a sudden their, their waste lagoons were having a real hard time uh, digesting what the brewery was giving them. Gotcha. And when they looked at the lagoon, they were ODing on copper, and they traced it back to the Enzingers, and they found out that every time they cleaned the Enzingers, they were dropping uh, 1,700 parts per million of copper. Is that a lot? That's a bunch. Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, 1% is 10,000 parts per million. Oh, okay. So that means that every time they cleaned them, they lost two-tenths of their entire mass of of the Enzinger. That is a lot. <laughs> just, just from the cleaning. <laughs> wow. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So uh, they asked me to develop something for them, and uh, I developed this, the forerunner of PBW. Okay. And we got down to about five or ten parts per million on the first wash. And then when I, I refined it a little bit more, we got down to one part per million every time they washed. Wow. And... Uh, and the same, are you getting the same results as a cleaner? Is it as effective? Yeah. Actually, what we did was is that when we, uh, uh, well, I got four patents on this process. From, okay. And basically what it was is that uh, I introduced oxygen into this product uh, uh, percarbonate. And before, any time that they would put, you would put this percarbonate in solution or in, in the presence of, other ingredients, it, it didn't play well with everybody. Okay. It, it used to blow up, create blender fires. Ran with scissors. <laughs> you know, you, know uh, you have it on the shelf, and all of a sudden it's down on the floor and things like that. Gotcha. Uh, 
And so I found a way of, of hiding the surfactants and hiding all of the detergents that are in there into this product and actually in, uh, increasing its effectiveness of the, uh, of the oxygen itself. Okay. So when the oxygen sees the protein, it oxygenates the protein, breaks it apart, and uh, lets the metasilicate uh, uh, peptide it. Okay. And one of the interesting things about this is, is, and how effective it is as far as a wetter, and how effective it is as far as going after uh, soils and stuff, is, is that uh, we were cleaning up some uh, Teflon pots, and it actually wicked between the Teflon and the uh, aluminum, and broke the uh, the seal. Oh no, kidding! And it it lifted the Teflon off the uh, off the aluminum pan. But DuPont loved that. <laughs> yeah, really. So uh, maybe we should say right now, uh, don't clean your Teflon with PBW? It's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you don't like that stuff. Right. Unless you want to really get uh, new pots and pans for your wife. <laughs> right. I love you. Oh, we just gave a horrible idea to all the wives, Charlie. <laughs> I was just cleaning it, honey. <laughs> I thought I'd use that good power brew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about how about some hints on using PBW? Like, is is it work better at different temperatures? Is there an optimum temperature? Oh yeah. Well, there's yeah. There's a lot of lot of neat things about it. Like if you have uh, if you've got the time, uh, so to speak, uh, it's a it's a fantastic soap cleaner. It will. Uh, Instead of using it like, say, uh, an ounce to the gallon, you use it an ounce to five gallons, uh, and you can completely soak uh, kegs in it or cornies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and leave them overnight or leave them for a week. Oh, okay. And transfer that into the into the next corny and leave it for another week and transfer it to the next corny. Really? I've you know, done I had, that. Yeah, I got an email from a, from a brewer uh, up in Maine who had bought uh, 40 uh, old Hoff Stevens kegs. They were the, the kegs with the side bungas in them. Yeah. And he said they were out in some field, and they had uh, literally plants growing in them. Oh, nice. And he cleaned uh, five at a time with PBW. He just filled up the, uh, the kegs, yeah. transferred that over to the next five in his... Uh, in the back lot and rinse them out and uh, clean them all with the same solution and just by transferring. Wow. I, you know, I'm glad that there's a lot of myths that go around about, uh, about you know, different products in brewing. I probably perpetuate most of them. <laughs> um, but one of them that I've heard is that, you know, once the PBW solution cools down, it's not effective anymore. So, uh, you know, uh, once it cools down, I dump it out. I don't reuse it. Oh no! But what a waste! Yeah, no. It, uh, we actually sell it to. Um, not, uh, it's a little off off the beaten track, but we sell it to uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouses. Okay. And what they do with it is, is that they'll have a certain amount of uh, china every night uh, that they can't clean because of uh, the way they sauté the steak and, and the butter actually etches into the uh, the porcelain of the plate. Okay. Yeah, and the, and the plates come back to your table like 900 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> they tell you, don't, don't touch that. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they'll actually soak, they, they create these bins, and they soak uh, they soak these plates in them for a week. Okay. Or not, not a plate, but every every night. Yeah. The, 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 
the plates that are bad, they'll take them in and bring them back out after the uh, the night soak. Okay. And they'll bump this solution uh, at the end of uh, five days or six days, and it's, it's jet black, and it's still working. Okay. Wow. See that now? That's really good to know because I've been wasting a heck of a lot of. Well, good for you, Charlie. I've been wasting a lot of PBW. <laughs> yeah, you might not want to tell people. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, cut your sales in half, possibly. Um, what about you know? Say, all right. So I've left it in my keg now for a week. It's done its job. Uh, how good of a rinse do I do I have to give? How dangerous is that stuff to me? Well, it's it's not really all that dangerous. And as far as the rinse goes, uh, if you can. Uh, Oh, hit it with a hit it with a rinse for uh, 15, 20 seconds, and let it drain out. And then hit it with another rinse for 15 or 20 seconds. It's it's fine. Okay, all right. A lot of times, what I'll do, and it sounds like this might be okay, I, I'll I'll do the PBW on the same day I'm kegging. So I'm, I've PBW'd, I've dumped it out. I'll give it a just kind of one rinse. Then I'll fill it with star sand to do my sanitizing. Sure. Dump that out. Put beer in it. Perfect. Okay, that's a good enough rinse then. Oh no, that, that's great. Okay, man, I got. I, I, I'm going to tell you, give you an idea, Charlie. I got a stack of questions for you in front of me, <laughs> <laughs> so I might kind of jump around topics here and just shoot a bunch of questions to you. Go ahead. Okay. The other thing I want to do too, and let me see if you're game for this. I, I just thought it might be fun. Usually we have brewers as our guests in here, and we like to play a little game called Stump the Brewer. Okay. I thought maybe we'd play Stump the Chemist today. Yeah, stump the Chemist. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Uh, and what happens is our listeners in the chat room there will go searching for questions, and uh, they'll try to stump you. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it, although you might be the exception, everybody loses eventually, Charlie, because they just come up with questions out of left field, and, and they get you eventually. But you may be the exception, my friend. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, listeners, go ahead and do that. Start coming up with your stump the chemist questions, and uh, we'll see if we can't come up with a prize for you if, if anybody actually does stump Charlie. <laughs> so, okay, and while they're doing that, let me shoot a few of these questions at you. Um, all right, how long will a five-gallon batch of star sand made with RO water last in a covered bucket? That will probably last uh, as long as the parts that go into the bucket mm-hmm. are clean. Okay. Because every time you enter a parts this is this is one of those questions how many fairies dance on the head of a pin Breathe. Um, i ask that all the time yeah <laughs> a lot of fairies in san francisco ask the same question <laughs> if, if everything is clean okay it should it should last for two three months okay and what if, if you what if you're just dumping you're putting stuff in there for 30 seconds pulling it out you know you do your business for uh your brewing session and cover it for the next brewing session i think that that's a good question too. Can yeah. you can you keep it around for another week for the next brewing session? Absolutely. Again, Absolutely. You're, you're we use it we use it as a uh, as a part soak in uh-huh. in just about all of the micros. And essentially, what they'll do is, is they'll make a five gallon bucket up. It's not covered. It's nothing. It's just a plastic five gallon bucket. Okay. And every triclover clamp, every gasket goes into that bucket. So even and when that soap builds up, it's still sanitizing and you're still right. fine? Ah. Right. Now, now, one of the, the best things to tell, the, tell your audience is, is that I tell everybody, you always assemble whatever you're assembling wet. Yeah. Your hands are wet and everything is wet. Okay. 
because if you if you uh, get really weird about it and you pull it out and you try to dry it or blow it off or whatever it is, you just ruined everything that you were trying to do. Gotcha. A great and excellent point. And it, it, it does work well as a hand sanitizer too, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I did read that on your site. Uh, uh, another thing EPA won't let me tell you, it'll clear cho jam up if you need it. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. Very interesting. <laughs> How did you know I need that, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that that's good to know, too, that you can leave it around. I'll tell you, uh, Charlie, uh, come Monday morning, the accounting department's going to be pissed at you. Uh, <laughs> because, again, I go through a lot of star sand uh, because I, I feel like I need to change it all the time. You know, but well, maybe not as much. Changing what, it is not a bad thing. Well, what, what, mean, does, what does degrade it? Uh, leaving the bucket open? Uh, and you, well, as you said, well, dirty. Actually, the, the, the only thing that's really going to degrade it is, is, is when the pH goes above three and a half. Okay, and that's with a lot of dirty parts going in there. Dirty parts, uh, un unrinsed parts. Like in other words, uh, you clean them off with an alkali, like say PBW or something like that, and you, you toss them into the bucket, or you almost rinse them off, and you toss them into the bucket, uh, or things like that. Okay, is what's going to happen? So, or, or if your your tap water's got a you know, you got high pH, pH in your tap water, and you're not rinsing like them off, you're just dumping them right in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, will PBW affect keg seals? So I guess we're talking about rubber, huh? Yeah, you are. Yeah. And it depends on the types of rubber. If mo Most of your seals should be Buna. And if they're a Buna seal or a Viton seal, they're fine. If they're a soft rubber, yeah, eventually it'll start to go after that. Okay. All right, so you got to be careful. But it, you're saying over time. Over time. Yeah. I'm not saying like today. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, like over years. Oh, okay. So, Chris, are, are most of the replacement seals, are they Buna? Yeah, they're all They, they are. And, and, and if you ask, the, ask them, they normally will tell you that anyway. Yeah. Anything that you buy from a reputable homebrew shop will be Buna in. Okay. All right. Uh, one of my brainier listeners, Charlie, wants to know, what about using trisodium phosphate instead of sodium metasilicate? The TSP, the trisodium phosphate... Uh, is a good hand cleaner. In other words, you need a lot of elbow grease with it. Okay. It has a pH of about 12 and a half, uh, and it's not quite as aggressive as what uh, sodium metasilicate is. Sodium metasilicate, you don't need to put any elbow grease in with it. Okay. Uh, so if you're lazy, use the sodium metasilicate. Yeah, if you want to, that's the reason why I don't. I, I use the sodium metasilicate versus, like, say, TSP or something like that. Gotcha. The sodium metasilicate uh, will go after will go after uh, a lot more types of organic materials than what the TSP will. Well, and we all know, you know, what the phosphates and the TSP do to the environment. What about the the other one? Okay, uh, PBW doesn't have any phosphate in it. Oh, right. All right. No, I'm talking about people. People are going to be using the TSP. It's cheap. Uh, getting a little harder to find. Well, <laughs> and TSP uh, doesn't go after carbon and things like that. I mean, you really got to go. You got to get. Uh, you got to get butched up, kind of a thing, to go after the carbon, like say in a in a brew kettle or whatnot with TSP. Okay. It takes a lot of elbow grease, and it's mainly the green scrubby that's doing the work. Right. So you guys should just rename the metasilicate one, Justin, for the lazy people out there. <laughs> Better. Uh, here's another one. Does the wetness factor have any bearing on how fast star sand works? The wetness 
factor. Yeah, I don't know if... if I, I think they're saying if you half fill a keg like Justin does instead of ponying up and filling the whole thing up. Oh, right. You uh, know, where you're wet it, versus a foam. As long as... The foam is the same killer as the solution. Okay. Are there gases that come off that are also killing or no? No. No, it doesn't gas. So it's, it's like there's enough solution in the bubbles, in the surface of the bubbles to... Right, and that was Kill the main it. reason why I wanted to introduce that to the home brew market. Okay. The fact that it does foam, and that when you talk about, like, say, uh, oh, any kind of container, uh, even even chillers and things like that, things that you can't see, you can't physically see inside them, you don't really know if you've got it completely clean. I know that this material, with the foaming action and everything else, and the way it wicks, will get in there and and hit things that. Uh, you might not have gotten with a cleaner. Okay. Quick question on the um, star sand. Any reaction to soft metals? And if so, uh, how long? Uh, yeah. Uh, with Because it's phosphoric acid, it will get after copper and it will get after aluminum. But at one ounce and five gallons, it's going to take uh, more than three or four hours. I wouldn't recommend sanitizing, like, say, any kind of copper parts or aluminum parts, like with a soak overnight. A 30-second mm. or a minute contact time is more than enough, and it won't have any detrimental effect on so it. So if you want to recircuit through your uh, counterflow chiller, which is copper, basically, anyway. Sure, you can do that. You can circuit for a while. It's no problem as long as it's not... S- right. But you don't have to then rinse it off? Well, if you, if, if you can... You, you should rinse it off. But what, what residual is going to be left in there yeah. is going to be insignificant. And if you do it just before you're going to do your transfer... You're going to rinse it with beer. You're going to rinse it with beer. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. That's a, that's a, I had a question from a listener, too, that was you know, he wanted to know if he could use PBW to clean a grease stuck on uh, from a stainless steel pan without ruining it. A stainless steel pan? Absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, I use it, on, I use it to clean my uh, barbecue grills with it. Okay. And my wife, I can't keep it in the house because she uses every time she does a casserole, <laughs> she throws it in there to knock off all the carbon and everything, so she doesn't have to scrub it. Yeah. What kind of concentration is she using for that? Straight. Uh, she straight? uses about uh, three or four pinches in a in the in the uh, in the the bowl thing. She's a lot more conservative thing. than me. I'm like grabbing spoonfuls <laughs> of it every time. I'm just like throwing a, spoonfuls like in. Eighth, like an eighth of an ounce, quarter. I mean, a quarter teaspoon or whatever it is. Yeah. You know those little. I don't know. I'm a, I do. I do grams. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't clean anything, man. <laughs> Just make the stuff. I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what advantages do, does iota four have over pure phosphoric acid? A lot. Okay. Uh, iota four uh, is a stone killer, and when it was first made, and in the industry, there's always a saying: when it's red, it's dead. Okay. And so as soon as, if you uh, look at, oh, a 12 and a half part per million solution of, of iota for you're going to have a slightly red cast to it. Okay. Now, washing yeast has always been recommended to use phosphoric acid, and it's always been recommended to use one ounce of phosphoric acid for every five pounds of yeast in the, in the normal commercial breweries. The reason why they use the five pounds of, or the, the the ounce of phosphoric acid in the five pounds of yeast, it won't kill all the yeast. Matter of fact, it doesn't. It only kills a small portion of them. Okay. 
if they used the same concentration of iodophores, they wouldn't have any yeast at all. Oh, all right. <laughs> so it's just more of a killer. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Here's an interesting question. Um, it's what about using star sand to lower the pH of your mash? You can do that, <laughs> okay. but uh, there's a lot more uh, effective ways of doing it. Are the soaps going to play into things? The soap will have a, have a, a big effect on it. Uh, there's also some propylene glycol in there, which is not a good thing when you're when you're trying to do that with with your sparge water and stuff like that. Yeah, um, you're you're far better off uh, using citric acid. Okay. Um, I, I know a lot of home brewers that use citric acid. It's easy to get. Okay. Um, and you, you uh, guys also have a 5.2 stabilizer too. Yeah. Right? Now the five. Yeah, the 5.2 I developed. Yeah. Uh, I actually developed that for the Rock Bottom Brew Crew. Oh, okay. Uh, only because they, what they wanted to do was is that because some of the breweries, uh, if believe it or not, even the one in Portland has uh, water fluctuations, and using the 5.2 uh, stabilized their uh, their wort to or I'm sorry, their their sparge water to exactly 5.2 so that they could get the maximum extraction okay. from the grain. Gotcha. So it's mo- it mostly that. developed for the sparge water instead of the mash itself. Well, the mash, or, well, for them they were always doing add it to the sparge, but uh, right. you, you can add, you can add directly add it to your to your uh, to your mash. Okay. It works equally well in either in either way. Okay. I got a funny note here from a listener who says he knows a professional brewer who uses PBW in his washing machine to clean his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Must be some dirty clothes. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, uh, it 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 does better than Tide with 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 the uh, tidy whities. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody knows from experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know you say you don't cook. I bet you don't do the laundry either. <laughs> uh, all right, Daniela. I told Charlie I'd let him out of here at seven. Uh, are there any stump the chemist questions? There's one. You got one stump the chemist. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that and uh, we'll let Charlie get out of here. We kept him for quite a while here. Here's your Stump the Chemist question. You ready, Charlie? Go ahead. Um, in what industry was the pH scale developed? Oh! <laughs> Is there a time limit on this one? Yeah, there's not. You can take your time. I'm looking over a stack of questions I got for you anyway. <laughs> wow. You know, the only industry that I can think of that where pH would have been a, a major, a major, oh, wow. I think it was baseball myself. No, I, well, I, I was going to say, I was, I, was, I was thinking of the wine industry. Okay. You're close. According to this, and Daniela uh, has it from the chat room there, the brewing industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a trick question it if you ask me. I made the person <laughs> check the reference. Too and obvious. Okay. He confirmed that uh, uh, the resource is valid and that this is the correct answer. I was totally surprised. I did not expect that. Yeah, they uh, they brought it strong with that question. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Charlie, had a, that's a good guess, say, in the wine, yeah, too. Yeah, it's very close. I mean, it's almost the same. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... It, it would it would it stands the reason it has to be something that's relatively old and something that mm. you have to uh, if you don't hit the right pH yeah it isn't going to work well if that didn't stop them how many fairies can dance on a pinhead? On, on a pinhead 
<laughs> Three. <laughs> what city are they in? <laughs> That's easy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll call it. We'll call the chemist stumped, and we'll give something to that <laughs> to that listener next time when we do stump the chemist. We'll. I want it to be like strict chemistry questions. I want Charlie to have to equate things in his head on the phone. <laughs> uh, here, how about one more question for you? Is it safe to use PBW after using ammonia? Yeah, you can. Okay. Um, the, uh, the ammonia, the nitrogen compound that's in there, yeah. which is the oxygen will neutralize that, um, that nitrogen compound. Okay. So it's perfectly safe. All right, Charlie, I'm going to let it's you not, go. It's not like bleach. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to use one after the other. Well, if you use bleach. bleach or iota for, after you make a contact explosive and you catch it. Oh, is that right? Cool. Yeah. Cool. Man, you got such a cool job, Charlie. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I weren't such an idiot, I would have been a chemist, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's the catch, isn't it? <laughs> that is the catch. <laughs> Instead, I do this, Charlie. <laughs> hey, it's good. It is. It's all good. <laughs> As they say, it's what you do. That's right. I, I do have a comment from one of our listeners for you. He just wanted to thank you. He said, uh, thank you so much for always answering all of his emails. He says you give great support. Well, that's what we try. That's very cool. So I guess that's a good thing Please for you guys. If, if you guys to know, if you got any questions for uh, Charlie or anything about Five Star Chemicals, it sounds like if you email them directly, you're actually going to get an answer. Or from me, at least one of the other four stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are all five stars still around, Charlie? No, I'm the last one. You're the last one. They all got out of the business, huh? Well, yeah. Well, three of them died. So oh, I'm it sorry. Was, it was kind of easy. Yeah, they're mixing things. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, yeah. Hard life. Not in, know. not in the lab, I hope. No, no. They all, you know, they were all, they were much older than I was. Okay. And uh, they just, uh, they just had their, they had their time, as they say. So you invented these products at the other company you were working for. Yes, I did. And then you just hit the road with them, huh? Well, yeah. Uh, you work, uh, chemists working for large companies, every yeah. time you invent something, you become very rich. You get a dollar. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Okay. And so the five of us decided that we would hit the road, uh, Take your five come bucks. up with our own stuff and see if we could make make a living. Very nice. Now, it sounds like you're doing all right, though. I mean, I uh, in the brewing industry, you guys are huge. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we're... Uh, uh, we really like it. I mean, uh, I tell everybody I retired a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, the the brewing industry is a kick. Gotcha. It's, so, it's a lot of fun. Charlie, do you do any brewing yourself? I do. Do you? I do, yeah. Uh, What's the last beer you brewed? What kind? Well, I brewed a, uh, I brewed a uh, white beer. Okay. And uh, before that, I had brewed uh, a stout. Go for the black beer. A white and oh, a black. Yeah. Well, you know, you and yin and yang. Forth, yeah. You know? yeah. You're a very politically correct man, Charlie. Well, I try. <laughs> but, I mean, I, my, my, my passions have always been with the darker beers. So I've, always, I've always liked stouts. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that's perfect. The chemist, uh, uh, you, you would think that a chemist is the, is the perfect brewer, right, Doc? Yeah. You know? Works for me. <laughs> well, Charlie, I just want to say thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And I would love to have you back on the show again because I still have a stack of questions. People really uh, liked you on the air here, I can tell already, and, and, and have lots well, of stuff for you. Well, not a problem. Anytime. Uh, um, any okay, very cool. I might just call you up uh, for a random game of Stump the Chemist if we can. 
Oh, cool. <laughs> so, uh, all right, there you go. And that's Charlie Talley from Five Star Chemical Company. Thanks again, Charlie. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thank it. you. Okay, okay. T- take care. Oh, you bet. So there you there you have it, right from uh, the chemist's mouth, as they say. Oh yeah, got a lot wow. of questions answered. Yeah, a lot of there's a <laughs> there's a lot of things out there that were just uh, yeah. What would you say there? Myth. Yeah. <laughs> Myth busters. Well, I'll tell you, when Doc and I were talking about this show, wanting to do a sanitation show because it is so important. Um, I had kind of asked myself, "Is how are we going to do our normal marathon show and talk about sanitation? It's a quick thing. Do it and do it right. And, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, clean that. But, uh, you know, with, with a guy like Charlie in here and actually being able to talk about the ins and outs of the products, it really is a whole different topic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you really get into the the nitty-gritty about it. So. Well, especially when you've got questions about, uh, can I do that? Yeah. Uh, how long does this last? Yeah. Yeah. Is it supposed to look like that? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much his answer was, no, it's all cool. Is that a personal question? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was going to start asking him those kind of questions, but I didn't think it'd be appropriate. Charlie is receiving a lot of positive feedback in the chat room as well. They're really happy, and they think that a lot of questions that have been lined up for a long time, um, they were answered tonight, which is good. Yeah. Sanitation is critical, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and there, there is, you know, I, I was making a joke about the myths, but there really are so many myths about these chemicals. Right, it, it, I've seen it get bounced around on a lot of the brew boards all over the place, all the, all the forums about his products. Uh, can you do this? I like this. I don't like that. Yeah. No, you're not supposed to do that. Right. Well, now you refer them to the Brewing Network, folks. <laughs> Next time you see those forums asking all sorts of questions. Now we know. You just uh, refer them to the archive. And and I really, I, I do apologize to any of the listeners whose questions I didn't get to. There are a bunch of them here. Yeah. And, uh, you know... It, it, it's get, it, it, he's on a different time zone than we are, and I, I don't want to keep him all night. And what we'll do is try to get him back and, and talk. Because we, we barely touch the surface of his 5.2 pH right. stabilizer. Um, we, we hardly talked about their iota 4 if you do prefer to use an iota 4 sanitizer rather than the star sand. And this is exactly what well, we got a lot. Like one listener was saying, I have so many questions about the yeah. 5.2. Well, maybe, right. maybe we'll do that during the mashing show. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to do a, a mash show. So, uh, yeah, if we can get him on the phone, even, even for 20 20 minutes or so to talk about that right. might be a cool thing to do. It is important, and, and that will help you get where you need to go and help us understand why you need to have 5-2. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we do have a couple other things to cover as far as sanitation goes, I think. Uh, Doc, you were looking at your watch. You got some time? I got pee. <laughs> we are going to take a break. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we will wrap up our sanitation discussion and, uh, and then get ourselves out of here. Off topic real quick. Do you think... Do it when we come back. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to three guys. Excuse me. What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Just want to switch over to a rock show, guys. I can do that. Little white zombie makes me move. (laughs) Good stuff. My roots aren't all in banjo. (laughs) Doc's got a little rock in him. Oh, yeah. Just the inbred roots. (laughs) You know what's funny? Sometimes I'll uh, get get a ride from Doc. 
almost said get a Hummer from Doc, but uh, <laughs> it's not what happens. I get a ride from Doc in the Hummer occasionally. And he's always got the local uh, rock station on here, but it's the college station. We have a local college station. It's 90.5 yeah. up here. And I can't figure out if Doc's, he puts it on before I get in the car to be cool. Like, so that I think he's cool because he's listening to the rock station. Or if Doc's actually driving around listening to the kids' rock station. Oh, all the time. I, no, I listen to it all the time. Do you? It's nice and angry. <laughs> it's good. It is. You get some good angry music I don't in there. About you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I want to. Uh, we should do a banjo death metal band. Oh, we could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny story. Last night, uh, my son had a sleepover. Kid he had a kid staying up, spend spend the night with, him, and my kid and I. Was, they got up to go have a snack or something. I I was flipping around the TV because I didn't want to watch cartoons or whatever they had, and Deliverance was on. I say, oh, I say Deliverance oh. on. So, so I go, well, what's what's my what's my kind of I'm gonna get to where I'm gonna actually have. The banjo section on there. If I flip onto it, so I flipped onto it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> right there, right. right there. And and the kids come running in. Daddy, you always play that song. And like, no, I don't always play that song. My wife says every damn day. <laughs> she and, loves and then, it. You picked up the banjo. And, and, huh? and then my nine year old goes, Why does that kid look so funny? <laughs> Never you mind, son. Genetics, Never you mind. Son. Genetics. Son. Yeah, his mama was ugly. <laughs> That's all you need to his, know. His mama was his aunt. <laughs> <laughs> and sister. Yeah. Uh, Daniela, you seen Deliverance? You, what? Have you seen that movie, Deliverance? I don't think so. Oh, I don't, need, maybe it was yeah. called differently in German, one. but I oh, don't yeah. think I saw it. we got to do this bit one day with you. <laughs> we have to. So, mommy, so, mommy and Daddy, if you got a divorce, would you still be brother and sister? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, 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 take our, uh, they take American movies and they ship them over to Germany. And, you know, they put subtitles on them and stuff. They can't leave it at that, though. They ha- also have to change the name. And they're the stupidest names. You, they're like very literal names of whatever whatever was going on in the movie. They just take a sentence and like that's what they call yeah. it. Like uh, Home Alone. Instead of just leaving it as Home Alone, what's that one called, Daniela? That is called uh, Kevin Alone at Home. <laughs> <laughs> like they just have to make it the most obvious and idiotic name. I know. They do it to every movie. But, they I, really I, but do. I, ha- I have noticed when they do dub things, they dub it very well. They do actually. They, they don't just have some guy going saying, "Oh my god." Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't look it, like a kung fu movie. No, no, it's it's, it's actually they, they have actors doing it. Yeah, it's, it's inflection and it's it's pretty good. Well, Daniela was telling me that uh, those those overdub actors uh, can actually even be famous in Germany. Oh yeah, and people will go watch a movie because, because of those of of maybe who the big name voiceover guy right. is. Yeah, and they have the designated people. You know, like you will always hear Bruce Willis is always Bruce Willis in German. Like you think that is his voice. So when I first got to the United States and I heard like the real voices, it was really irritating on me <laughs> because some guys they make them sound really manly in German. Because I think just German guys have like deep voices and yeah. stuff. They sound like sissies here, in, like their original you, voices. So you it's just funny. called Bruce Willis a wimp. Die hard, motherfucker! <laughs> Bruce Willis is such I a am, wimp. I am gonna shoot you in the face. <laughs> Where's my cocktail? <laughs> Do that again, and I'll kill you. Yeah. Is this the helium show? You, or I told you I'd kill you. <laughs> no, it sounds like video. Yeah. It's a fanny poppet. By the way, I have another question from a chat room off topic real quick. Okay. So, well, not really off topic. It's about beer. So it's to you, Justin. Oh, dear. Do you think your beer is better than Daniela's beer? <laughs> 
Who's a, are you asking this question? No. That was actually <laughs> typed into the chat room. That was actually typed into the chat room as the chat archiver. It's funny you should ask because <laughs> I did have to have this conversation with myself uh, last <laughs> night when I was drinking the beer. At, I at, heard you. I think at some point, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I was alone. At some point, you do have to ask yourself that. As proud as you are of your girlfriend for making great beer, you, you, it, it's a natural next question to go. God, is it better than mine or what? Uh, uh, it's better than than the last bunch of batches I've made. The one that I made that was similar to this, I liked it better. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But it was a hoppier beer and all that. Um, so. The one you had on So the you just only lo- lost one nut. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's right. Are you going to be one of these guys in the long run who like limits what she can make? <laughs> you yeah. can make anything between an IPA and a fruit beer. <laughs> between the pencils and the eraser. Absolutely. Somewhere. Well, yeah. the problem is that Justin and I basically really go for the same styles unless he brews like really IPA. hoppy stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I don't like fruit beers at all. I don't like to put anything to a beer that's not supposed to be in a beer in my world so oh yeah that's that german thing that's that german thing i think all all two beers you've become a nazi already yeah exactly she brews (laughs) two beers and she's like in the luftwaffe again (laughs) (laughs) one border you would have been a belgian (laughs) and then all all hell breaks loose and then it goes in there by the way she did name her brewery last night she told me um, she's going to name it blitzkrieg brewing (laughs) nice That's so not true. <laughs> <You're terrible>. <laughs> <laughs> what, no. do you, what do you think the logo is going to be? <laughs> <laughs> Shut it already. <laughs> no, you know what? But all joking aside, I think uh-huh. we're just a good brewing team, actually, because you have instructed me how to do it, and you have helped me a bunch with carrying around stuff. And no one's going to believe this. Oh, <laughs> not, not one the, person. The great American love story. Yeah, great American drunk story. Nothing love. We're talking about beer. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't help you with anything, but he did carry some stuff around. He carried stuff. Around for me. I did the the heavy lifting. Yeah, so I'm gonna call Charlie back and ask if having one nut is okay. <laughs> I'm still gonna be able to function as a man. Wait until <laughs> he I might, my he might have burned batch. the other one off with some of that caustic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to do. Uh, I do want to say thanks again to Five Star and to Charlie. That was cool. Really hope we do get him on again because uh, cool guy. And I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, you wouldn't have thought that the chemist was going to be one of the most entertaining and interesting guys yeah. to get in here. He came up with a lot of cool different uses for uh, yeah. Star Santa PBW. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully, like no one from there is listening anymore because I, I've been to there, talked to him, met their salespeople, accountants, office managers, all that, and he's the most charismatic person there. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, and he's the chemist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, they don't like you anymore, Chris. <laughs> all right, I did have a couple questions come through earlier. So we can maybe finish off our sanitation discussion with that. So why are you looking at me? It's for you. Okay. No, it's for Graham, too. Good. I might even be able to answer. Uh, When I pitch onto a yeast cake, I simply rack my beer off the primary and then siphon my new wort onto the same fermenter without cleaning it. Is that bad? We talked about this. Did I talk to them on Friday? That's my real (laughs) question. Back to them. (laughs) No, I don't see anything wrong with that. Here's... Like, the official shop answer to that is as long as everything was clean, there was, you know, a lot of times people don't think of the air in the environment they're working in. And and Scott just bypasses it because he has a HEPA filter on his roof. I mean, who else has that? (laughs) Yeah. Him and Jamil. What's that big red box in your brewery? Well, that's what it is. So, I mean, when you're drawing out the liquid, i.e. a siphon into your bottling bucket or keg, 
you're introducing more air, and depending on what's in that air to what you're bringing into your next batch. That's one little element. Then you have the health of the yeast. What what did you brew before that? Yeah. Um, if it was stressed out, you're screwed. Um, and then the last thing is if you brought in a lot of troub, well, guess what? You've now doubled the amount of troub, thus doubled the effects it's going to have on your beer. So That's a good point that I hadn't a, thought there, of. There's a lot of mitigating factors with it. Are you dumping it onto the yeast cake in the primary or the secondary? Uh, if you don't, don't use that word. What? Secondary. That's not a real word. It is. It That's is a now. Charlie Papazian word. And I like Charlie and all, but that okay. is not a real word. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> so it gets my point across anyway. Uh, but the yeast are going to be different in that secondary than in the primary. You won't have the troube like Chris was talking about. As long as you're very sanitary about that one, you could have two bad batches. So the, fir- right. so the first batch is okay, and you're pretty anal about having everything clean, sanitized. Uh, Chris says, you know, when you got the air is being replaced as you're siphoning off with something. So there's ways around that one. Chris has some cool, cool ways about doing that with it, with a, with a mini, mini HIPAA filter he's got. Uh, stressing the yeast isn't good. So build, you know, do a smaller beer first to a bigger beer to a bigger beer. That's always good. Yeah. And I wouldn't bring it. I mean, for yourself, don't do it more than like two to three times per yeast strain. Hmm. Get it off of there. You're not acid washing. You're not you're not separating troub out. Even if you are racking into quote unquote a secondary, you're you're still carrying quite a bit of stuff over. Right, and and you can multiply that each time you do that. Yeah, so everything the, negative is exponentially more negative in the next one. So hmm. the yeast are going to mutate differently with each batch. Hmm. You're probably not going to get the same kind of beer that you're going to get with that batch as you would with a fresh yeast culture. Uh, you can you can if you're really worried about you know buying yeast, then you can uh, farm it up yourself. It's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. Uh, you can have a little yeast zoo with slants. Yeah, it's really not that hard to do. Right. Uh, have some, if you know anybody that's ever done it, just have them show you how to do it. It's pretty easy. You can grow your own yeast and you pull it up each time. Uh, you can that's how they do it. Right. You can pull it off of the agar or the slant. You can uh, brew it up uh, incrementally on up and, and have a fresh batch each time. So if you're really worried about buying a new batch of yeast each time or each three times, try that. Yeah. I, I find more people reuse their yeast not because of the money factor but just because they can. Right. It's like we do a lot of things in life because we can. Yeah. Not because it's going to be an advantage of any sort. And I find like the misconceptions about yeast, and that's probably – better suited for another show and i don't know if you've done a yeast show officially yet with like a chris white or yep um i mean there's a lot of uh a lot of variables to it and uh it's something i don't like to mess with and the more i know about it the more afraid i am of it personally well a lot of the breweries will have a yeast guy i knew lagunitas i was talking to them they fired their yeast guy because they were getting uh, is that his actual title? What? I'm the yeast guy? The yeast guy. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's great with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the yeast guy. But uh, they, he wasn't yeast. watching it close enough. And, and when you have a commercial brewer, you don't want to be having your yeast mutate and change the beer. Yeah. So he wasn't watching it close enough. It mutated and was doing some funky things that they didn't like. And it was all came back to him because that's why they hired him. Okay. To watch the yeast and it mutates. As a home brewer... Uh, fluctuations in the, your beer is not going to really matter all that much, especially if you're doing a different beer each time. I don't pitch on that because I don't pitch on the yeast cake because I don't brew 
back to back to back like that. Right. And that's the other key to that. Style you got brewing. You got to be brewing probably every two weeks to effectively do that properly. I've got my first batch of doing this process um, sitting right here in the studio, actually. In, I've in been watching it sit there for a while. Yeah, it's not. I don't. I haven't had any kegs to put well, it in. <laughs> wasn't that there last time I was in? Yep. Yep. Nice. <laughs> um, yep. I have so kegs. it's ready. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. You, you have no excuse. <laughs> I don't want to borrow kegs. I was gonna buy some or steal them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. There goes the camera again. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna have it home in on you every time yeah. you come in the shop. Now. You should. You should have an alarm just for me. Like everyone no. on standby. You've noticed no. where I sit, don't you? I just <laughs> yeah. look for your truck. Like, oh, there he is. Yeah. No, I know that time you were really hammered. We put a chip in your neck. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. Perfect. It's necessary. Daniela. Yes. <laughs> Do you have something to say? <laughs> no, I have a question for the guys later on, but oh, okay. that's all, whenever you guys are ready. You're looking at me like I was a meatloaf or something. <laughs> I know you want me to cook that later on. Yeah, we're having meatloaf tonight. Guys. <laughs> Excellent. I'll tell you, you know you're white trash when you love a good meatloaf, <laughs> and I love a good meatloaf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the more ketchup, the better. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I'll let you guys know the result of my experiment here where I pitched right on top of, of the old yeast cake. So and, can you uh, take it on up. Saturday, next Saturday? So, so, that is, so we have something to drink? I, I should probably keg it on Sunday if you want something to drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, damn, this is good. We have no more. <laughs> I'm like a human beer filter. That's all I am. I didn't drink it all myself, though. Everyone was drinking it, right, Daniela? Through no encouragement of yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking my beer again? Yeah. Everybody was, you and my manager were ta- uh, drinking it the most, I yeah. think. Yeah. We're doing cake. I bet, I bet those are the guys that feel the worst today. <laughs> yeah, he's probably hurting too. I had to pull it together. Yeah, you know what we were talking yesterday, and I don't know if it's silly or not. One of my friends, she's pregnant, eight months or so, and she occasionally has a sip of a beer. But her husband did not want her to try the homebrew because he thinks that that could really affect the nope. pregnancy in a bad way. He didn't believe in that it was fermented. Mm. No, it's it's fine. Uh, in fact, that's why in the Middle Ages <laughs> it's fine. No, a little a little bit's not bad. Look at the Middle Ages. They the dogs drink. kids run into the wall <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's they don't, great. They didn't drink water because it was so bad. They would right. drink fermented beer because that was even the little kids. That's what they drank. It was a a light beer, really weak beer, but that it was free of bacteriological problems. Right. So a little bit. Now, when you're pregnant, it's all in excess. I mean, when I look at the pictures of my mom. When she was pregnant with my brother or me, and the martini glass. Oh yeah, no, yeah. she got a cocktail no. in her hand. No, she had a cigarette, c- in, the cigarette in her hand, and there was long necks all over the coffee table. <laughs> oh, are you serious? I swear to God, and that, that actually explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! Every every one. Well, you know what they say: the vinyl couch and the, and the coffee table filled with long necks, wow. empty long necks, and cigarette ashtrays everywhere. <laughs> You think she slowed down just because she was pregnant with me? I don't think so. This isn't a joke either. This no. is amazing. Yeah. A drunk baby is a happy baby. Well, it's what everything I in moderation say. to a well, point. Well, he was not concerned about her having a beer at all. It, if it was a commercially it was a produced brew. beer, he would have been fine with her sipping on the glass. But he just thought that the homebrew I was providing was not fermented well, and this could affect the baby. I no, don't know what he was thinking. Not, I wouldn't argue with them. There's because nothing there's bad growing in there. That's what he's afraid of. You yeah. Yeah. pasteurize the, it yeah, or whatever. Exactly. I think there's a lot of bad words associated with the word homebrew. You know, and yeah. uh, What was it? Like six, eight months ago in Ethiopia, there was a whole bunch of people who died from, I think, Ebola because they said, quote unquote, a guy was making homebrew. Right. Well, literally, he just had sugar and water and no yeast and was trying to ferment it to sell it as something to drink, kind of like what Doc mm-hmm. was talking about. Right. And, and a bunch of people 
died because there yeah. wasn't actually yeast oh, fermenting it. They put all kinds of things in it. They put uh, antifreeze, uh, oh, jet sure. fuel, sure. everything over there. Yeah. Well, I think the guy was actually concerned that his wife was going to have the next Hitler if she tasted your beer. Oh, come on. What's <laughs> wrong with you and the German jokes tonight? <laughs> No, but uh, what I meant to say is that I really regret that it's that way, that people, if they're not into homebrewing yet, that they have those weird ideas that homebrewing is something, a dirty product. A dirty product, right. And this is really unfortunate because you make something yourself, you know, and you you make it with your own hands and with good ingredients, and somebody would go and think, well, if it it was not produced in a factory, it must be bad. I'll tell you, you're more likely to get food poisoning from somebody's dinner that they made for you than you are their sure. beer. Exactly. Well, and no, it's really no pathogens can live in alcohol. Right. Also. Or if you go to any restaurant, you know, most yeah. of these restaurants are kind of nasty. That's why, you know, the, the health department's in there, not yeah. in the kitchen every week. Now, I want to go back to this for a second, Doc. Did you ever ask your mom, like, later on in life, like, what were you thinking? Why were you drunk and, and smoking the whole time? Well, we didn't know. That's what she said. We didn't know. <laughs> That's all she said. See, Ignorance is yeah. bliss. Damn you know it. what sucks is that I don't get to use that excuse because now we know. Everybody <laughs> and knows. Know. And so our parents got to say, oh, we didn't know. What, a, what an easy one that is. Oh, it was, that was the pat answer. We didn't know. You have known it. No idea how many times you'll probably use that like 20 years from now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> There's things we don't know now. How come you guys used to drive your own cars on the road? We, we didn't, didn't know, know you could fly. I had no idea that you we could did, just... We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't have those floating shoes back then. <laughs> so were you angry, though, with your mom or anything about that? No, I'm angry now because you know we did we know. <laughs> <laughs> He's angry because she didn't give him any when he was a little kid. <laughs> right. Do you think that... Um, that that early start had it has anything to do with your affinity for alcohol now? Nah, has <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with it. No, my my dad had a kegerator when I was about eight or nine, and uh, I could pour a pitcher with no head on it, so it could fill the most pitcher I could get it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did make it through med school, man. I guess uh, it's a testament for we didn't know isn't so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> could have gone the other way, I suppose. That, that's you could have come out. They didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that right. could have been in the fetal position in the gutter somewhere, I guess. <laughs> oh, cracked out. Now you just save that for your week at, at Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> the week after, actually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't think I have any more questions about sanitation anyway. Do you think we covered it uh, properly? Is, is, was there anything you guys wanted to add about... I guess just make sure you clean your I stuff. would have one. Go for it. All right. So one of our listeners has a question. Uh, he uses RO water. Okay. Some of the instant water salts from B3 and the 5.2 buffer. Will it work or do I need to add some other stuff? Well, generally, when we developed those, 5.2 wasn't around. So we have you using either lactic acid or phosphoric acid. But <clears throat> now that 5.2 is around, it's... Just use one tablespoon of that and the instant water per five gallons in your set. Uh, Chris and I were discussing this earlier. One thing you don't want to do is make your RO water and store it in your stainless steel kettle. It ruins it? Uh, no, it, it will leach all the chemical, all, all the uh, minerals out of your kettle. Yeah. Oh. So probably polypropylene or anything like that, anything plastic is generally the best way to collect RO water. Okay. Yeah, put it in, in the, you know, if you've got uh, some sparkler jugs or something or glass. Put it in that first, uh, or pre-salt your kettle as you're putting it in there. How, will you just throw salt in there? Well, you put the brewing salts. Oh, yeah. Uh, whatever you're going to use for that. Whatever you're going to use, uh, the calcium carbonate or whatever you're going to throw in there, put put that in there. And as it mixes in, it'll pull it off of that instead of pulling it out of the yeah. metal. The okay. biggest bummer is Charlie. I mean, 
ideally he would tell us, but he, he really can't because yeah. then I could go and make it myself. He won't really tell us what salts are involved in 5-2. Okay. So, um, or you'd be sure there'd be a 5-2-B-3. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, It'd be a 5-3. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 5.20 uh, <laughs> is what we'd like to call it. Right. More precise. No, uh, anyway, so what we don't know is I know it's phosphates and salts they put in there. So, unfortunately... If you're doing that combination, we don't exactly know where your salts are going yeah. in terms of what water you're exactly producing. But I've had lots of customers tell me they're making great beer that way. So you're going to snag his idea. You're going to get yourself a chemist and steal Charlie's product. Have you ever been to B3? <laughs> where do you see chemist and B3? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it looks a lot like this studio going into B3. There's a lot of this going on. You know what? John, uh. John would be the closest chemist we have. Oh, Really? <laughs> no, not at all, but I thought it'd paint a bad visual for your right. listeners. Well, that, that goes on to you. We don't know what's in 5.2, yeah. and you're adding salt into that. You're probably okay by using RO water. If you're using tap water... You don't know. You got to know what everything has. Everything, but, but no, that's what I mean. That's what Charlie made it for was tap water. Right. The idea is he looked at all the different water tables uh, for what's acceptable mineral content-wise mm. of all the municipalities out there in the greater 48. Design the water, design this around it so it'll work with any water system out there. He said, but he also said, except for the nasty water. He said, I mean, it'll work with it, with but, it. But, but that's the star saying he was referring to there. But when you're, well, actually, when you're adding brewing salt also on top of the 5-2, that's when I get, oh, a, sure, sure. That's when I get a little sketchy on that one because yeah. he's got salt in the 5-2 to buffer it. Okay. And you could easily add too much calcium, too yeah. much salt. You're probably better off going with pure acid of some sort, whether it be uh, phosphoric to, or to acidify. Lactic. So I, you're probably all good. Like uh, Chris said, he gets reports back, guys are brewing great beers, doing it that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. You shut me up again? <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right. Here's um, another, not question, but here's another feedback about the 5.2. The listener is saying 5.2 doesn't work very well with our old water. It's for making lighter beers than you than your water, not darker. Not not necessarily. I think a major misconception is a lot of people add 5.2 to their water and then take a pH reading of the water. Well, the water has very little buffers to it, especially RO water has pretty much no buffers to it. should be 7.0, period. Yeah, even with the 5.2 in it. But as soon as you add the grains in there, it's going to lock it into a 5.2 because you have a lot of organics in there, and now yeah. the buffers can do their job. Mm. And I think that's like one of the, the largest misconceptions is people think it's going to lower the the water to it where it won't do the water at all. It'll do the, the sum of all the parts of it. Mm, I guess the okay. listener was saying that he thinks that it lowers the pH much better than better than it raises the pH. So like Ah, like, gotcha. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a rare situation that you have someone who's under 5'2 in mm-hmm. their tap water. Mm-hmm. That That's mm-hmm. actually an extreme situation right mm-hmm. there. Okay. Well, and one thing I've, I've read on some of the forums is when it's there's a difference when you're brewing dark beers with a lot of dark grains when you're brewing then when you're brewing light beers with a lot of light grains sure i mean the darker grains have a fair amount of acidity to them but five two doesn't matter like in terms of that it really doesn't matter it's a buffer system to try to keep you right at five two and and not let it fluctuate 
That, that's a whole water show. It is a yeah, whole water yeah, show. Yeah, you guys are losing me, man. Sorry. I'm uh, uh, wait till we do a water show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Let's, let's not go there. Yeah, I'm not going to host the water show. I don't think. Nah. Yeah, you will. <laughs> okay, we'll make you. Fair enough. I got something to bring you back to life. Some one of our listeners is willing to donate ten dollars mm-hmm. if Doctor Scott chucks four bo- beers in the next ten minutes. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> These guys are bored, $10 huh? Ten dollars for sad kids who are starving. That's ten dollars to the Brewing Network, Doc. You should see Dr. Scott right now He's fighting like, with him. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of beer? What Let's kind of answer beer? that one in there. No, whatever you would like. Uh, the problem with that is that we don't condone uh, drinking and driving. Yeah, because I'm going to leave right after this. Yeah. Oh, right. had, you, had you caught me right at the beginning of the show? We'll do it. How about we postpone that? Right, well, let's postpone it. I'll do mm-hmm. it at the beginning of, the, of a subsequent show. Cause we'll drink for donations. Wait, wait, wait. wait. And then he <laughs> exactly, can't, that's he can't a have show. a bathroom break for at right. least a good hour <laughs> after oh, that. Oh, you're um, just mean. Actually, that should be for another $10 is if he doesn't pee for another yeah. hour. Oh, that's right. He has to match. <laughs> yeah. Every 10 minutes, he doesn't have to go to the bathroom. He um, doesn't have to match $10. I'll tell you what. There you go. I'll beer bong it. <laughs> are um, you serious? Are you going to bring your own beer bottle? Yeah, yeah, I'll bring my own. We'll design one. <laughs> I'm only asking because I can be sure. I'm just I'm certain that you have one. <laughs> no, I, there's usually the kind of thing where if I need one, I'll make one. Yeah. <laughs> How about such a fundraiser? Saturday night we meet up here in a BN. Uh-huh. We just throw in a live show. Drinking and chugging beer for donations. <laughs> and we can also crash and here. We just, you know, we, you all guys all crash here. Yeah. We invite whoever, some brewers, some people around the um, Green Network. That's and where the that. web camel <laughs> be coming to play. Yeah, you're probably right. But that would be a good fundraiser. That would be. We could do that. Fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, let's I'm, killing I'm, I'm ourselves for donations. I won't chug now, uh, but if you do it at the beginning of a show, I I, yeah. I would do that because yeah. you guys will let me stay here till midnight, and sober up or whatever. I Although do. now that it's the Soprano season again, you you're welcome to stay, but you have to be quiet from nine to ten. Uh, and pretty much with Scott, that's impossible. So you're pretty much kicked out at night. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk. I want to uh, talk. Serious business now that the Sopranos are. Back on. Somebody said this uh, show today sucked. Not the our show, but the Sopranos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, thanks for not. Right. <laughs> How could that be? I All right, know. Justin, let's let's discuss that uh, uh, chugging for donations. About what? Oh, uh, off the air, you mean? And then we'll figure yeah, out. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss do that one, and okay. uh, we'll we'll come up with something. I yeah. think we have to make it like a um, telethon type thing where we go yeah. get sponsors. Yeah. yeah. And they have to match us. Ah, now we're talking. See, I know why you guys are successful now. Chris has some good good marketing ideas. (laughs) Or we can uh, have a live listener and have beer bong contests. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to have to, I think, be like a Saturday night show, right? So we'll we'll market it as, don't go out this Saturday. (laughs) Stay in. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in with the boys and the girl from BN. (laughs) Yeah, I'll work it out so I'm not driving that night. I'll I'll bring my sleeping bag and my jammies. Uh Uh-oh, there's the jammy (laughs) show. The pajama jammy jam is back in effect. Yeah. Now we have a reason. Yeah, absolutely. All right. uh, Let's get out of here, huh, kids? Let's do that. Next week, what's going on? Oh, next week's a good show. We've got Ralph Olson from Hop Union as calling if, in. As if this show wasn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this one's stuck. Wait next, till week next week should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, next week will be real interesting. Ralph is another real cool cat to talk to. A lot of fun, that guy. And um, he's going to talk to us about growing hops from rhizomes and things like that. And Say it again. Uh, rhizomes. Which, uh, if you're looking for rhizomes, right now's the season. They're it is. in stock, and they'll stay in stock for maybe a week. I'd say a week or two at the most. So if you, okay. want, if you want to grow hops, 
Start typing right now. <laughs> That's right. And don't ask for Horizon. They're gone already. There are some places on the net that you can usually get them later on in the season. Uh, just do a search around. But more beer gets them real quick and then and then sells out pretty quick, too. Yeah, so. they, they mildew pretty quickly, so that's why we don't want to keep them around. Okay. All right, so next week we'll talk all about that uh, when we get Hop Union in here. Hop a lot Union. of questions about Dan Gordon. If you guys rescheduled already, um, I don't. Yeah, I got to talk. I got to talk to John about mm. that. He will. Res- I promise you. Oh, he wants schedule. to come in here. Yeah. He, he really wants to do it again. What about Ailsmith? Uh, they're also uh, waiting for us to reschedule them. They will be back. Perfect. Absolutely. So thanks again to Charlie Talley for calling in. And oh yeah. Five Star. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. You can read all about the products that we talked about today, and uh, maybe even answer some of the questions we didn't get to. Because Charlie it's a, the MythBuster. That's yeah. right. Charlie the MythBuster. He's cool. I, I want him just as a regular, just stump the chemists and and yeah. and be able to ask him all this kind of stuff that he can probably help us with. You can do that. I'll call him up and, and see if we can if he enjoyed himself. <laughs> That'll be the start. <laughs> I, I'd like to try his beer. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wonder if it's real good. All right, thanks, everybody. This is the Brewing Network. Stay tuned uh, for other things. I don't know what they are, but they'll probably be a lot of fun and, and entertaining, right? Couldn't be anything less. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Love of that homebrew can't get no